Oakeshott, who resigned from the party yesterday. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Franks, says Mr Clegg should go. Because of the actions of Liberal Democrats in government, thousands of Luton residents on low wages are paying no income tax. Luton schools are receiving millions through the pupil premium. But yes, there is a problem. And the problem is, no matter how strong our messages are, no matter how well they're presented, if the messages are delivered by Nick Clegg, then frankly no one's listening. The slip roads from the M25 to the M1 in Hertfordshire have reopened following yesterday morning's crash involving a lorry and a car. The road had to be resurfaced following a diesel spillage and didn't reopen until around four o'clock this morning. There's been a setback for teams trying to locate the missing Malaysia airliner which disappeared more than two months ago. An American Navy official says he believes that signals thought to have come from the plane's flight recorder were actually generated by equipment being used in the search. A letter signed by more than 50 leading scientists is asking the World Health Organization not to regulate electronic cigarettes. The open letter says e-cigarettes should instead be regarded as a significant health innovation. The BBC's health correspondent is Jane Draper. The World Health Organization is currently considering what it should recommend to governments around the world about how they should regulate e-cigarettes. And in this open letter, the researchers who include British experts on tobacco control say that these devices should be seen as part of the solution, not the problem. People in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in the crossing on Court Drive, but say it has reduced speeds and injury accidents. Locals say the layout is causing confusion for both motorists and pedestrians. In sport, Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years. The weather cloudy with rain this morning, a mixture of sunshine and showers this afternoon, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's lovely, all the green, all the horses, and no one tells you off if you walk on their bit of land. And all this week, we're featuring Dunstable. We had a great celebration this year, which was the 800 years of the foundation of the Priory. It's all about where you live. I find it very attractive, nice place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. really annoying high-pitched noises in my ears this morning and it's not just my tinnitus guys <coughs> <laughs> yeah you see that's what happens that's that is evidence I'm very sorry i didn't mean to cough in your ear listener yeah. it was meant just for ian how rude how rude good morning princess what you look nice what's going on that's a new checkered shirt no this is ah. same one as yesterday oh, is the same checkered shirt no 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 We're, catherine and i were discussing shirts yesterday the shirt i was wearing yesterday is my second favorite new shirt this is my favorite shirt of all time so you have favorite old shirts and favorite new shirts yeah but this is my favorite shirt of all time it's oh. a little bit beyond its best i've got a cracking phone in for today by the way Famous handkerchiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? Are you talking to us? Sorry, yes. I've got a cracking phone in for today. You know you're saying this out loud. Yes. No, I thought about this on the way from the car to the front door of the building. That's a very small... I know, it made me laugh a lot. I've thought about it a bit more. Famous handkerchiefs. Give us an example. Meatloafs. (laughs) Oh, hang on, I'm in. (laughs) You you get it. Satchmo. Satchmo. I think they're primarily going to be owned by fat people. 
Walrus of Love had one. There we go. You see, we've got three. Kelly? So you're just naming famous people who had handkerchiefs. <laughs> but the handkerchiefs are famous. Meatloaf was always Meatloaf was always like a bat out of hell dabbing his fat, Guinevere. sweaty forehead. Guinevere. What? Guinevere and her type. You're getting a little bit poncy now. You're getting a little bit poncy now. Oh, hang on a minute. She's back no, in. It's what, it's what men pick up. Oh! I, I take back the ponce accusation. She's spot on. Kels. See, I think your generation, they're too busy um, smoking doobies in the back of uh, luxury limousines. Well, nowadays, we just blow our nose on tissue. Unbelievable. It's happening. Famous handkerchiefs. Oh, oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Other things we have, he said, looking to the screen to read the scripted part of the show. Fear in Milton Keynes, courtesy in Dunstable, and no booze in Hertfordshire. Well, that's not strictly true, but if I was going for accuracy, it would spoil the flow of this punchy and well-crafted introduction what Caff wrote. Sorry. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We put out golden topics yesterday. Do you have any sympathy for Maxine Carr? And some people should be allowed to take illegal drugs. We had literally zero calls on both. So today we're giving you what you want, famous handkerchiefs. Mm -hmm. So who have we got? We've got Meatloaf. Yep. Uh, We've got Barry White. Yes. uh, One of the most unsexy men. Of all time, how could They're you? Responsible for a massive boost in uh, childbirth. In, 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 in childbirth, let's call it that. We all know how children are born. You sit on a warm chair. Um, Guinevere and her sort. And Satchmo. That's an awesome list already. It's not even six past six. Want to want to join? Tom and or Jerry when they leave home. All right, let's just not let's let the listener join in. Uh, we don't don't use Dick them. Whittington. Let, don't use that as a grip on. <laughs> Not enough people. Uh, if I was uh, a stroppy teenager again and I was going to leave home, I would get a long stick and I'd wrap my possessions in a red spotted handkerchief, tie it to the end of the stick and walk out whistling a happy tune. It doesn't work. Sorry? It doesn't work. Why? Because all your stuff actually falls out. Not if you do it properly. Oh. It just falls down the stick as well. Um, 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 th- the, um, the Gumbies in Monty Python. Yes. They all, they all had handkerchiefs on their heads. See, did. this is fun, you see? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This morning we're compiling a list of the most famous handkerchiefs in the world. The railway children didn't they wave a red one? Oh, for goodness' sakes! This is awesome. Does Rupert the bear? Probably. He had one you, round his neck. Do you want it? That was a neckerchief. Do you want to explain it to her oh. while we play a song? Might take two songs. Okay.
going through a massive Mama Cass phase at the moment, no pun intended. have statues erected to this woman everywhere how come no one has, has any of her solo albums how come no one has any of them they're all wonderful some are hit and miss you give me the look as though you want to contribute yeah but i was going to say something really rude and i don't want to say you're going to say there's not enough granite yeah we go there we go isn't that awful andy's in dunstable good morning andy how you doing mate famous <laughs> famous handkerchief sir what have you got Elf garnet when did he what what did he do with this handkerchief I used to wear it on top of his head when he was on the beach. Ladies and gentlemen, Alf Garnet's handkerchief. We're going to compile a list of these and we're going to do our best to get our hands on all of these handkerchiefs and open a handkerchief museum right here in Luton, Andy. Are you in? Yeah, bless you, Father. Yeah, bless you, Father, for I have sinned. What? Famous handkerchiefs, 08459 455 555. It's what the kids want. And it's what drives my producer bonkers. Now, on to slightly more serious things, in fact, incredibly serious. Imagine you were attacked by someone who left you with a fractured skull and 37 stitches in your head. He gets caught, found guilty, gets locked up, then gets released back into your neighbourhood and he's a little bit peeved, shall we say. Well, this is exactly what happened to Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford in Milton Keynes. And his story was broken by MK News reporter Jessica Duncan. Jessica joins me now. Morning, Jessica. Good morning. Just, just give us a bit more on this story. It sounds incredible. What happened? Well, I think um, it's all sort of started back in September 2013. Um, Chris Hodgkins um, was was neighbours with his attacker um, and at one point was was kind of friends as well. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't end that way um, and he he used two alcohol bottles um, to actually smack him over the back of the head, which led to his fractured skull and his 37 stitches. Um, He also lost... Um, the top of his little finger, um, and one of his index fingers is, is damaged um, during the attack, which happened in Ellsbury Street in Fenny Stratford. Um, following following the attack um, in January, he was um, sentenced at Ellsbury Crown Court to 12 months in prison for unlawful wounding with intent, mm. um, and also for breaking his bail conditions, because during his bail he did go back to Duran's Court, where they both lived. Um, however, despite being sentenced for 12 months, he did he was released from jail after five um, and returned back to Fenny Stratford the day of his release. And w- what's it been like for Chris since this, this chap was released and, and moved back very close to him? Well, I think one of the reasons why Chris got in touch with, with me at MK News and at MK Web was he was just at the end of, end of his tether with it all. He, he didn't really know what else to do. No one seemed to be listening to him. Um, but since his release, um, his attacker and also his friends, some of them who still live in Duran's court, um, made Chris and also his girlfriend Penny life a complete misery. Um, he lives in an apartment in Duran's court. Um, there's a communal area which anyone can walk into. Um, they smashed his electric meter um, more than two occasions, which meant Chris had to pay for it himself. Um, they shout abuse outside his window. Um, they sort of hang outside, which makes Chris and Penny feel like they can't even leave their own home. And I think Penny summed it up to me um, by saying that they live like prisoners while he's got his freedom and he's walking around outside. Does, this, does the attacker live in... Is it the same street or the same block of flats? Um, so the street, Ellsbury Street, is, is adjacent to um, Mr Hodgkin's flat. So it's sort of next to the shops mm. in Fenny Stratford, which I'm sure many people in, in Milton Keynes know about, and just up the road from Pink Punters, one of the nightclubs. Um, it seems that his attacker hasn't 
necessarily been into Duran's court, but because Ellsbury Street is so close, mm. um, the effect on, on Chris um, and also the fact that the, his attacker is sort of getting his his friends or associates involved oh dear. Um, is making it a, a sort of a life of hell for, for Chris, and he just wants to, to get out. He, he feels like he needs to he needs to leave his home. It's the only way for him to be able to move on. Really. What are the police doing about this, Jessica? Um, well, I know that the police have, have been called out to, to Chris and Penny more than more than 25 times since uh, May the 8th, which was the day of his attacker's release. Hang on, 25 times since May the 8th of this year? Yes. Gosh, OK. Yeah, mainly because sort of Chris feels, feels his life is in danger at points. Um, I think he, he recalled one, one situation where he saw one of the, his attacker's associates with a knife outside, or what he believed to, to be a knife. Yeah. Um, and he just it was in complete upset and didn't really know how else how else to deal with it but to call the police um however mr hodgkins explained to me his his slight frustration um because despite uh, making more than 25 calls to the police they have visited on all occasions um but he just has to fill out a form saying why why the police have visited him oh that's going to put his mind at ease isn't it that's going to change things he just gets frustrated that that actually not enough action he feels is being taken. Very quickly, Jessica, because we're running out of time, what have the council said? Because they're not saying very much to us. They just said they'll rehome him, but they've given no date or any indication of when that might be. I'm afraid that's similar what what I was received. Um, a spokesman from Milton Mean Council told me that the couple will be rehoused. Um, they said they are aware of his concerns and they will stay in touch with him until he is rehoused. And I suppose that is slight reassurance for Chris that he knows that they are going to keep a watchful eye over the area, but they're not the police, so it's not the same security that I imagine Chris wants reassurance from from both sides. Jessica, it's a very sad story. Really glad to have you on. Always uh, happy to you know to talk to the local papers and things. So thank you very much. That's Jessica Duncan from uh, MK News. News, incredible story. I think that poor fella. Do let us know. I mean, we can put this out there. If, if you've uh, been intimidated by your your neighbours, people who live nearby, you know what neighbours means. I don't need to define the word for goodness sakes. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In a bushy heath, the traffic lights aren't working at the moment on the common, just at Common Road. And the M1, Luton Spur, expecting uh, delays there between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Major roadworks continuing there. Taking a quick look at the trains, and on First Capital Connect, there are delays at the moment of up to 20 minutes. That's between Bedford and East Croydon and Luton and Streatham. That's due to some emergency engineering works that have been taking place. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.17, it's Thursday the 29th of May, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. The Business Secretary, Vince Cable, is facing questions as to how much he knew about controversial opinion polls which suggested the Lib Dems' election chances would improve without Nick Clegg. And the slip roads from the M25 to the M1 in Hertfordshire have reopened this morning following yesterday's crash involving a lorry and a cart which led to a diesel spillage on the road. BBC Three Counties Radio. I got it. I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do. Team, join me. <clears throat> Come and join me. Join What's me. What's that? What's that? Well, I just... Um, I, 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 we're changing from code green to code amber. OK, guys? Just so you can be aware of that. Um, we normally record the podcast links on a Thursday. It's a lot of fun. It's a great joy. We don't get paid for it. We get paid by your laughter and your tears. 
Um, and by now, not only by now, we've pretty much got the whole podcast. Maybe we could do it with another five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven minutes. Okay. I've just time checked with Kelly. Kelly, how much more material do we need? We could do with about half an hour. <laughs> Wowzers. So, uh, okay, with the BBC, we can't do this, but we need to fake the podcast today. Uh... We need callers to call in and just, just say outrageous stuff that can, we can pretend was part of the content of the show, but really they're just faking it to uh, make it. I yeah. don't think we're allowed to. Oh. What? Do that. No. However, um, it will be happening on air. It's on. It's on air. So and everything in the podcast is on air content. So technically, we're not breaking any rules. So um, well, you know, ethically, that's a different question. Could we not ring Jeff back and ask him if he drives? <laughs> oh, poor old Jeff. Oh, no, I love him. no, we can't do that. This is why people over the age of seventy-five shouldn't drive. Anyway, no. What we need. This is this is serious, dear listener. We need you to call in um, with just. Stupid stuff? Just stupid stuff. If you want to tell us a fantastical story that may or indeed may not have happened to you, I don't know. I'm not going to ask any questions as to whether it's true or not. Just phone in. We are desperate for content for this week's podcast. Without it, we're all stuffed. So basically, we want your funny stories. Yeah. Or your sad stories. Or your made-up stories. Or your made-up stories. As long as they're made up and they sound really, really impressive. Like, you know, maybe you knock the queen off a bike or something. Yeah. There's something like that. Mm. You're not, Kath, you're looking troubled. I'll take the rap for this. This has become my rest face, working with you. <laughs> what the troubled, pain, sad, I wish I was somewhere else look. Yeah. Flipping heck. Ian, why don't you call in now and tell us one of your stories? Well, I'll, I will do that later on if we get really desperate. But let's, okay. let's just say this bit is going in the podcast. So we're probably down to about 27 minutes that we need now. So yeah. not so bad. Kath, has anything fantastical ever happened to you ever in your life? Uh, yes. Maybe you'd like to tell it to us. Uh... Once, I told the teacher I could play the piano and I couldn't. Oh, flip a lick. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Even though it's a small town, you've got a lot of things to do in it. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a lovely town, it's got a great history. And all this week we're featuring Dunstable. Best part of Dunstable, the Priory Church. It's just full of history and I love it. We're just by the lovely clock tower in Ashton Square. It's a very friendly town and the people are excellent. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Dunstable with the right investment has the potential to be a very, very prosperous town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio.
morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm joined now by our roving reporter, Justin Dealey. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. I don't, we, there's lots on the show this morning. We'll come to mm. what we've got you on about in a second. Yes. Oh, Beatles, stop taking LSD and then wandering into the recording studio, you high <laughs> hippie fools. You like that kind of thing. I do like that kind of thing. We'll be talking about pop stars taking drugs in a little bit. <laughs> uh, first of all, can you think of any celebrity handkerchiefs? Someone on uh, Twitter mm. has, uh, let's give them the credit that they deserve, of course. We like to credit as many people as we can. Someone has suggested um, um, Pavarotti. Yeah, good one. What about this one? Margo. Sorry? Dale Boy. Only Falls on Horses. Oh, well, have yes, that. Come on. Isn't it a great phone name? It's fantastic. We've got that. Slightly more importantly, the podcast is 30 minutes short this week, Justin. Yes. So, I, I mean, are you able to kind of just... Um, fake some some material that we can you know that we will put it out on air yeah that's the yeah. only requirement it has to have been broadcast on air but right. i mean can no, you that's not the only requirement what's really? the other what's the other requirement but it's not fake well i mean when i when i say fake i don't mean fake i mean kind of made up whimsical i don't we need say to make whimsical I, I, i've got the real deal here yeah have yeah. you yeah absolutely the, the real yeah. deal now mm. this you is, ready for this I'm, I'm ready for it 20 seconds yeah go on cory poems oh beautiful oh. yeah okay yes so press record and play on the cassette recorder, Kelly. This is going in, whether Corey it's good fans, or not. Cory fans, rate me on this, okay? Do so, what? What to you? Rate me. Rate, rate you? Me. Yeah, rate me. Just yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, not yep. the other. Uh, so it was Rob who did the job. It's going to be interesting because Trace can't define her actual place. It's a very interesting case. Still, you can always tell a liar by their face. Have some of that. This week, the big tour lands in Dunstable, where people are still struggling to get to grips with the not-so-new road layout. We'll talk later. Court drive's been modified to include courtesy crossings, which basically means motorists should spot pedestrians, see the look in their eye that says, I'd like to cross the road, please, and gently apply the brakes to give way. Except they don't, apparently. There have been several... I think you've got a message. There have been several accidents there, including one involving a four-year-old girl. Justin, you've been talking to people about this. What have they been saying? Yeah, shared space for me doesn't work. Um, the idea that pedestrians uh, and motorists can live in harmony, uh, for me, is a bizarre idea. But there you go. You are reliable on people spotting the, the road markings, and there aren't many, and stopping for pedestrians. So no lights there whatsoever. Um, people have been in contact with us now for, for over a year about this system. I was there again yesterday asking people, has the situation improved? If, it, if anything, it's got worse. I've, I've actually spoke to the, the council people when they were doing a survey. There was 12 people come down with yellow jackets on. I spoke to the, the second head man and he wasn't interested in what I was saying. He cut me down every time. When I tried to explain where they were going wrong, he interrupted and put me down again and again and again. Did you say to the person that you spoke to that, that somebody could potentially be killed here unless something is done? I said to him one day that there was a child knocked over at this roundabout because of the road markings. Uh, the child went to the hospital. The, the same week there was three accidents and uh, the, the guy from me said they're obviously not using the road properly. That was their response? That was their response. And when you heard that, how did that make you feel? Well, very, it made my blood boil because, you know, um, the, the, the people have done some more pain for these facilities of the roads. The council's not listening to them at all. Not listening to one iota. 
Emma, as a young mum, yep. just how difficult is it for you to get yourself and your child safely across this road? You take your life in your own hands. If you don't, if you don't just go for it, you'll spend hours waiting for anybody to stop. And it's, it's getting to a stage now where it's going to cause an accident. It, it really is that bad. So are you having to, to change your route at various points so you don't have to cross this road with your child? Yeah, you do. You, you actually go avoid this road if you can help it. Because otherwise you, you just, just don't want to cross it. Of course it's dangerous. Why wouldn't it be? 50 miles an hour with your kids in the playground? It's meant to be a 20. I've seen them go down here at 50 miles an hour. Seriously? Yes. So apart from speed, what else is, is still dangerous about this particular road? No proper pelican crossing for the children. Well, I mean, um, good to catch someone just on their way to school there, Just. But uh, it, uh, do you know what? Because we've done this before. Mm. And then I went and saw the road. I'm not sure there's that much of a problem. I, I think if you approach it sensibly, I, I, as a driver, I was a little bit confused. So do you know what I did? I slowed down and I took it all in until I worked it out. As a pedestrian, I just waited till the road was clear and then I crossed. No, no. I have to say, what? every time I've been down that road, um, still now, it, it confuses me. It's very, very confusing. You've got roundabouts along Court Drive in Dunstable, which don't even look like roundabouts. You can see in people's eyes, they don't know Justin, what they're doing. When I'm stood on your right-hand side and tap your left shoulder. That confuses you. <laughs> Come on. If you put it out there this morning, I think the majority of people would agree that, that it's still very, very dangerous. If, if you're there, if you stand there for yep. an hour or so, you will see at least one near miss every time. Well, Justin, we'll put it out there. Thank you very much for that. Don't forget, go and fake some material. Uh, we'll put it out there. 08459 455 555. If you know the crossing, uh, uh, is it as dangerous as people are making out, or do you think just use a little bit of common sense? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, starting to build up a bit now on the sensors, around Junction 17 for Maple Cross. In Bushy Heath, the traffic light's not working at the moment on the Common at Common Road. And taking a look so far at the trains, delays of up to about 20 minutes on First Capital Connect, that's between Bedford and East Croydon, and between Luton and Streatham, and that's due to engineering works that have been taking place. So that's the latest. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's six <laughs> What are you giggling for? Where's well, the queue? What? 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 <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Can you think okay. of any? Can you think of any? Oh, all right. Hang on. Press record and play. Press record and play, Kelly. This will be the podcast. The podcast is a little bit short, Nicola. Mm. So we need some content. Right. So could you um, make up something outrageous? Do you want me to sing? Um. Um. I not sweet. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford needed 37 stitches in the back of his head after suffering a fractured skull. The business secretary, Vince Cable, is facing questions as to how much he knew about controversial opinion polls which suggested the Lib Dems' election chances would improve without Nick Clegg. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. And the slip roads from the M25 to the M1 in Hertfordshire have reopened following yesterday morning's crash involving a lorry and a car. The road had to be resurfaced following a diesel spillage and didn't reopen until around four o'clock this morning. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years. Manchester United say the club's thoughts are with the Glazer family. Luton Town strikers Andre Gray and Mark Cullen have taken to Twitter to express their disappointment that captain Ronnie Henry is leaving the club. Henry will leave after rejecting a new contract offer. The Hatters are expected to confirm his departure today. And Watford's Akechi Anya played for Scotland in last night's two-all draw with Nigeria at Fulham's Craven Cottage. England's cricketers thrashed Sri Lanka by ten wickets in the third one-day international at Old Trafford. Chris Jordan took five wickets to help dismiss the tourists for just 67. England are now 2-1 up in the five-match series with the fourth game at Lords on Saturday. Here's captain Alistair Cook. Obviously with young sides and young players it's going to be a little inconsistency. You know, you, you kind of accept that but the performance at Durham you know, I can't explain why we, we got by for 99 to be honest with you so it's not the only way you can do as a sportsman what you have to do as a sportsman is put it behind you learn a few lessons from it and the next time you get the opportunity to make a difference you do that and I can't credit the lads enough for that Andy Murray plays his second round match at the French Open today the British number one takes on the Australian Marinko Matosovic and Tiger Woods has ruled himself out of next month's US Open Woods is still recovering from back surgery which kept him out of the US Masters BBC Three Counties New News and sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I mean, the show is kind of secondary, to be honest. Now, the, the main focus is generating content for the podcast. That, that's where I think we have, to, we, we have to focus all of our energies. Shoveling the coal into that engine. The podcast is 30 minutes too short. Uh, so you can call in with an outrageous story, a crazy story. Maybe you um, poured coffee on a, on um, Bob Hoskins' lap. Uh, you know, maybe you, you uh, waved at the Queen and she stuck her fingers up at you. Or it can be made up. My sister kicked um, some coffee into the lap of the boxer Brian London. I don't know what Brian London her with is. A very, apparently had a very... Uh, Boxed face. I don't know what Brian London is or what coffee is. Tell the story. This is a great story. Press record and play, Kells. This is a great story. Tell the story about your baby friend who cut his foot on a cornflake. My friend... Um, a baby? Had a Why baby. Why would you be friends with a baby? It's a nice baby. Yeah. Anyway, he had such soft, buttery soft feet. He cut feet. his foot on a cornflake. foot on a cornflake. That's the story. Oh, man. He's now 19 and we still talk to him about the cornflake incident. That's a brilliant... Steve, that's a brilliant story, isn't it? That is indeed. Yeah. Kelly, did you record it? Hi. Yeah, she's recorded it. Excellent. All right, Steve, can you beat a baby cutting his foot on a cornflake? Well, yeah, well, I can. Um, it was a few, few, few years ago. It was Christmas time. OK. And we're all opening our presents, and it comes around to my little sister's time to open a present. Oh, yeah, that's nice. She, she gets a present, she starts unwrapping it, and all of a sudden there's this... ...on the floor. Uh-oh. And we all look down, there's a dead parakeet. What? A dead parakeet. And this is not a Monty Python sketch. This is true. There's a dead parakeet, what, wrapped and up in wrapping paper? It wrapped, yes. It was wrapped up in, um, inside a, a nightgown. What? <laughs> well, who, 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 who had given it to her? My mum and dad. A dead parakeet? Oh, she didn't already really? have one, did she? It's a pretty safe bet. Well, that's, that's it. Why would they want to give her a dead parakeet? I don't think they did really. I think it just it just wandered and crawled inside the uh, 
the nightgown and fell asleep, and next thing it knew, <laughs> it couldn't get out. I'm beginning to see why JVS cut you off yesterday. Yeah, I know. What? So is it, now, I'm, I'm confused. Is this in the realm of the made-up story? No, this is true. What? This is really absolutely true. I've it's never gone... tried to wrap a bird, not even a small one, like a budgie or no. a canary. But I imagine they wriggle. No, we think he might have been a bit ill. He might have only gone to sleep, had a little sleep and... Oh, Dennis, can you believe had a, had a, this? Had a, long, had a long sleep. <laughs> Dennis, can you believe this? A dead parakeet? Yes. Oh, fair play. Excellent. Oh, he, he is the truth master. Thank you, Steve. Dennis, what do you want? Uh, well, never mind, it's what you want. You should say many happy returns of the day, Dennis. Why? Why do, we, why do you normally say that to people? Because um, someone's getting on your nerves and you want to get rid of them? Oh, well, that's fine. Say it anyway. I'm not saying it. I will. No, don't. Don't pander to his needs. Don't pander to his old needs. He's Happy. grooming you. Happy birthday, Dennis. Oh, for Thank you very much. And you the same to you. When, you, when you're, it's your birthday, I will wish you the same thing. Well, do you know... Well, she's nearly the same age as you now. Do you know what, Dennis? She's not. Don't you get onto a lot. How old are you now, she, Dennis? 96. She's a mancune and you get stunned back out of it. OK. She, so how old are you now, Dennis? Well, I'm 21 again today, and that's the sixth, the eighth time I've done it. <laughs> that makes eight. In case you don't, yeah, do 112. Math, that's 89. Okay, so this, 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 in theory, it could be the last one. It could be, yes, because tomorrow I start on my 90th. What? It'll be the last one for this year. Okay. Well, uh, what, what are you doing? Are you going to go and see some strippers or something? No, I've strippers got on past that long ago. Oh, okay. Listen, brother, when I was your age... <laughs> brother, yeah, man, like that doobie and pass it round. Come on, well, don't bogart that joint. No, when I was your age, yes. uh, strippers didn't mean anything to me then because I'd got the best stripper of the lot. Of the lot. You ca- are you calling your wife a stripper? <laughs> no, because I'm not even sure she is my wife. Oh, wait. <laughs> sakes, this is the weirdest thing. No, yes. when I was away in the Navy, my fiancé... Are you, are you suggesting that your wife um, was murdered by no, Germans no, no, and they replaced no, her with no, someone just, else? Just, just listen for a second. OK. I was away in the Navy and yeah. Wynne had to get the licence. And in those days it was seven and six. But also a dog <laughs> licence was seven and six. And I got a bit worried. I thought she got the wrong... When I got to the church oh, and the priest felt the end of my nose to see if it was wet, I think he thinks I'm a dog. Uh, and then we got into the vestry no and there was a chap stood there yes. and he stuck a pill in my arm, yeah. you know, like you do with a dog. Yeah. So every time I go past the vets, now it tweaks. So I'm not even sure, but she did say to me, "Don't ever let, don't you ever call me a bitch." So I've got to be very careful. You, 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 you should have been carefuler than that, Dennis. Anyone got any idea what he was on about? Um, that was weird, wasn't it? I mean, we're desperate for podcast material, but not that desperate. Not that desperate. We're going to exploit an old man who's losing it. Hey, listen, it's his birthday. Maybe he's a bit giddy and uh, showy, yeah, showy off here today. He could he's be. allowed. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you typing on the screen, Kels? I just took a call from a lovely lady called Maxine. I took her number down, typed it in, called her back, um, and I misdialed, and now I've lost the number. You're doing oh. that, you're doing that a bit, uh, quite often these days. I'm a quick worker. Well, but and normally it pays off. All, all speed makes uh, Lazy Jack a dull boy. So Maxine, oh eight four five nine. Okay, she can guess the rest. Four double five five double five. What have you got in the papers, Kath? For well, that's what we're here for. I don't really know why um, some people have taken against Susanna Reid so much, but the oh. Daily Mail's really got it in for her, haven't they? Hang on a minute. I came in this morning saying those exact words, and you went, "Yeah, well, she deserves it." I never said you that. You did. What say- are you talking about, Willis? You went, "Yeah, she, yeah, well, she deserves it." Oh, I know. Yeah. Because it's a cheesy photo. Yeah, what? but 
No, 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 no. I think she's having a tough time. I like uh, um, Susanna Reid. I like her now. She's my new bestie. We met, didn't we, at that uh, oh, I thing? Introdu- I introduced you, yeah. Yeah. I introduced yeah. you. We said hello. I think there was an understanding there. Me and Kelly are going to send her an email. We'll hang out. There's anyway, so... Um, yeah, okay, selfies are all a little bit cringy, but why? I don't see why. I, she took a, listen, if you were Tom Cruise, you'd take a selfie, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Oh, you totally would, you little liar. I probably wouldn't. You little, little liar. Maxine, if you were with Tom Cruise, you'd take a selfie, wouldn't you? Um, probably, yeah. Okay. Uh, Maxine, are you calling us um, from uh, the world's greatest storm? Uh, I'm on the M1. Oh, doing a turn on the M1. What, what can we do for you, Maxine? I just wanted to wish Dennis a happy birthday. It's my birthday as well today. Congratulations! What's he doing back? <laughs> well, well, Dennis, it, 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 it sounds like a new blossoming romance. No. Maxine, you're very kind. Yes. Okay, I think... Was Maxine a ghost? I don't know. How did Dennis get back on? I don't think he left... Yeah, so, so what else is the papers? Oh, well, One Direction and that that video. Oh, guys, come on, guys. They're young multimillionaires smoking a doobie in the back of a car. While I don't condone drugs, as I said yesterday, uh, artists should be allowed to take drugs. It creates creativity. Now, there's a picture in the, again, the Daily Mail. I've not moved on from the Daily Mail yet. Page Why would you? five. Yeah. Um, of someone burning, about to burn her very expensive yeah, One well. Direction concert ticket. You know she's wearing a Rolling Stones T-shirt? Yeah. You know what those guys used to do in their day? <laughs> <laughs> so I should have a wee word. That's a brilliant point. There's uh, in that the Sun have got the greatest, the great fancy dress debate. Okay, come on, it's no costume drama, says Martin Dormley, and it's basically it's an excuse to print inappropriate fancy dress costumes. So you got the G- zombie Jim- Jimmy Savile. Uh, you got the bin man dressed up as a son. Oh no, he's, he's a Osama bin Laden. He's not a bin man. He's, he's dressed up as Osama bin Laden. They've got the two girls that dressed up as the twin towers. Do you remember them? Oh. They were good. My favourite though. It's it's the be- just go to your local news agents, pick up the Sun, look at page six. It's the best photo you're ever going to see with the best caption. Okay, so it's a young child, right? A young child dressed up as Adolf Hitler, right? It's brilliant. But what's better is the caption: Nine William Ten. <laughs> Because nine means no in German. Are you talking to me? Oh, for goodness sakes. Das ist einfach klasse. Ja, das ist sehr gut, ja. <laughs> Skype's the limit. French trucker's video call driving on the M25. A foreign trucker is caught making a Skype video call while driving along the M25, and someone's taking a photograph of it, which means that the person who was driving alongside that truck had to take a photograph with their phone whilst they were driving. Who's worse off? I say the Brit who took the photo, not poor old Frenchie. Oh. I've seen, um, I've seen people in their cars using Skype while they're driving along, doing video calls and stuff. I don't... How is it different, as long as they're hands-free, how is it different from talking on the phone? Exactly. Or talking to someone who's sitting next to you? You I, occasionally look at them, don't you? I think this, um, th- this driving safety thing is getting out of hand. My dad... What, right. you can be too safe? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, I am actually, Kath. I am. My dad, in the 70s, driving his... Was it a print... Vauxhall? Did Vauxhall make Princess? Who made no, Princess? No, we've had this conversation before. It was an Austin. OK. Oh, driving an Austin... My mum's wedding car. Driving a, an Austin... I don't remember your mum's wedding. Oh, no, strangely, I've not retained those I facts. I told you that. He was driving an Austin Princess, right? Mm-hmm. And those cars, compared to now, were rubbish. No airbags, no power... St- no, did have power steering. No... Uh, they had seatbelts, but no one wore them. No one wore the seatbelts. We, we had a tape player, yeah. But it was a cassette recorder... 
strapped to the middle of the, of the car, <laughs> right? And we were all, and my dad driving up. And the kids in the back. Kids in the back, head out the window. Bobbing up in the middle. The, um, the, my dad driving along the motorway, steering with his knees while he's rolling a rolly. <laughs> now, guys, come on. If my dad can do that in the 70s, then, then a, a Frenchie can make a Skype phone call. I can drink a coffee and eat against us at the same time. Come on, guys. This is political correctness. Got its health and safety. It's the thin end of a we're going to hell in A. Should we have the travel now? Uh, yeah. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London-bound starting to build up now just around Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Brickywood, looking rather heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And in Bushy Heath, the traffic light's not working at the moment on the Common, just at Common Road. The M25, heading anti-clockwise on the speed sensors, building up at around Junction 17 for Maple Cross. Taking a look in Borehamwood, rather heavy at the moment on the Barnet Bypass, between Barnet Lane and the Watford Bypass. And on the train, delays of up to about 20 minutes on First Capital Connect, between Bedford and East Croydon and Luton and Streatham because of emergency engineering works. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 6.45. I've just been sent a message by Justin. We'll get him on soon and we'll we'll get him to explain it. It's 6.45. It's Thursday the 29th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. And people in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive. Kelly, you've typed up a message about the weather. What's, what's happening with the weather? OK, let's find out. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. A bit of a drizzly start at the moment. A fair amount of cloud around too, but it does brighten up today at least. And we'll have some showers later on. They're going to be fairly slow moving, perhaps even heavy at times. We may even have some hail and thunder, but we should also have some sunny spells if you can remember what they look like. Um, it does gradually dry up through this evening as well. And during the day, we'll have temperatures hopefully reaching about 17 or 18 degrees Celsius. And tonight, a cloudy night largely dry although there may be enough cloud to trigger off a couple of showers and temperatures down to 11 or 12 degrees so quite mild again tomorrow a fairly cloudy perhaps even a foggy start to the day there should be some brighter spells but uh, we will hold on to quite a lot of that shower, uh, cloud not shifting really until we get to the evening and during the day we're looking at temperatures reaching 16 or 17 degrees celsius on saturday it should be largely dry and bright we'll hopefully have some decent sunshine on saturday and uh, just only light isolated showers Sunday should be dry through the day. It does start to cloud over, though, so any sunshine is likely to be hazy. And then we'll have some rain pushing in overnight, making way for quite a drizzly start to next week. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12. 
Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. Emilion King's charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the Drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 I just BBC <laughs> Three Counties Radio. I didn't mean to catch your snort on air. It was, it was a... I... <laughs> Woo-woo is such a great word, isn't it? Isn't it just? It certainly is. So, um, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five. Five, double, five. I mean, none of this is broadcast worthy, let's be honest. But this... Or Abel. What? <laughs> or Abel. No, but we're getting away with it. Uh, Justin Dealey, we need you to come on the radio, partly because you're contractually obliged to, uh, but he's just sent me what he <laughs> claims is the best... Fa- he said the title is Phoning Gold. To be fair, you started it. I didn't start that. With the, oh, I've had a great idea about a handkerchief bass phone. No, no, you, no, listen, because you blanched at that, and then, <laughs> and then you realised it was genius. We're, we're talking famous uh, uh, handkerchiefs. So far, we've got a great list. Because I came up with Meatloaf, because he's always dabbing his, his sweaty yeah. brow. When he's sweaty doing, men, generally. Aren't yeah. We've got Pavarotti. Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong, Satchmo. We've got the Railway Children. Yes. Because they wave the, the, the handkerchief. It was a handkerchief, wasn't it? A I'm, red handkerchief? I'm pretty sure it was, unless Jenny Agatha took her pants off. I don't know. It could have happened. It, it, it certainly it, happened. It was red, though. It happened later in her career, many, many <laughs> times. Uh, who else is uh, there? The Gumbies? Yep. Damsels in Distress. Yeah, well, da- they're always dropping them. <laughs> um, it, was the, it was what you used to do in the old days before you did the Rihanna dance. Yeah. To express your availability. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We're talking uh, about uh, uh, celebrity handkerchiefs and oh, also. Dick Whittington. Dick Whittington. Um, basically anyone who ever left home. Um, uh, all, all granddads in the 1970s and 80s when they're on holiday. Yes. Alf Garnet. Yeah. Have you ever done the knotted handkerchief on there? Yeah, only for a laugh, though. It's Not weird. Serious. It? I got, uh, you know, I use my handkerchief for its intended purpose. Why would I put that on my head? <laughs> anyway, we've got uh, j- very lucky now to be joined by uh, Justin Daly. Good morning, Justin. And a very good morning to you. Justin, it's great to talk to you this morning. Thank you, yourself, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Mm. You um, have sent me a message that says, phone in gold. Yes. What you got? This is going to save your podcast this week. Beautiful. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And everybody across beds, hearts and bugs, get ready. Get ready to phone. Have you ever slipped on a banana skin or does this only happen in cartoons? Cartoons. No. 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 Have you got any experiences, Justin? Uh, Not me personally, but I have seen it in a supermarket once. And um, yes, I went home and I changed my underpants. I was laughing that much. (laughs) Love it so much. I I have seen it happen. Hmm? I, it happened to a girl. A clown. No, it happened to a girl I was going out with. I remember it vivid, I remember exactly exact little street in Highgate, and I saw a banana skin positioned properly. You know, with with the, the legs akimbo, right? And I was with my girlfriend. And I saw she was in line for it, and I was kind of doing the maths. I thought I think she's going to take the right amount. I think this is going to work out perfectly. I'm not going to say anything because I want to see if this will actually cause her to slip, right? And she's approaching it. She stood on it. 
she went for a Burton. She totally, <laughs> she went flying. And I was like, this is brilliant. This ha- actually happened. She was furious I'd seen it and not oh, pointed it out. It's great fun. The fury that you can only have when you fall over and everyone else finds it hilarious. Because it, it's very annoying Yeah, but you, you don't release the fury. You prote- you style it out, don't you? You don't no, let on was, that you're upset. She was not, not happy. Rightfully so. I was her boyfriend and I allowed her to fall on her backside. I would have understood. Yeah. I would have understood, yeah. yeah the uh, experiment needs to be done. Boss, yeah? you did the right thing. <laughs> Could you take that to the streets for us? Yeah, yes. I'll tell you what, Ian, it's a winner. I am telling you this morning, I'm telling you, people on the streets will have stories, plus people on the phones, have you ever slipped on a banana skin or does it only happen in cartoons? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Last night you called me Barbara As you lay fast asleep And although I'm not Barbara You wanted me to be You whispered words I hadn't heard In such a long, long time Last night you said with Barbara on your mind With Barbara on your mind You held me in your arms so tight Lying there so close to you I cried until Outrageous story of broken Britain of young children setting fire to a classroom. This is outrageous. It happened some time ago. It didn't happen recently, guys. It happened in your youth. So what, about 30, 35 years ago? What? Hey. No. What did you do? I never did it. 
You did something. I was doing my experiment properly and writing down the aim, method, oh, conclusion. Oh, for goodness sakes, all of that nonsense. Using a stencil. Why did we have stencils to draw Bunsen Beaker? I could have yeah. done it freehand. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, my mate Katie's at the side of the classroom with the Bunsen burner dangerously close to the posters on the wall. <laughs> Wowzers. It set fire to the room. Everyone out! Wow. Yeah, they did. It, but uh, it was an accident oh. waiting to happen, to be fair. Catherine. It's a gift from the gods. Have you ever had to evacuate somewhere? Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. That's a great one. Evacuation situations. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> evacuation situations for the nations. So being a cynic could triple your risk of dementia. I don't believe that. I doubt that. it. Who said that? Cynics could be three times more likely to no. develop dementia, doctors no. have warned. The no. trait has already been linked to heart disease and heart attack. Doubt it. But now a stu- So if you don't brush your teeth, you, you get dementia. And if you are cynical about ridiculous studies like this, you get dementia. I think that you risk getting dementia by being... Alive. Alive. Photos that show the band's downward direction. One direction. It shows the band's downward direction. If this is a downward direction, it looks pretty good. So they start off. Squeaky clean, brought together by Nicole Schretzinger on 2010's X Factor. The five teenagers are a picture of innocence with a golden future. It then shows them what going on to... Um, Innocence with a golden future. Does anyone remember what Harry Styles mouthed to the winner? Oh, what did he mouth? Really? Yeah. It then goes on to show them being uh, adored... Then goes on to show them having a pool party with Richard Branson. Then goes on to show them smoking a fag. Then goes on to show a new low, Harry in a vulgar pose with model page rifler. I'll have some of that. A page rifler? That's like a hamburger. It then goes on, and the the lowest of the low, the final picture, is them with their two private jets. Mm. It's a hard life, isn't it? It's a hard life being a multi-millionaire pop star. If you take the private jets out of it, it looks like people um, growing up. And being a bit stupid, yes, but people growing up. Drunk Sarah Kennedy crashes car and blames sneezing fit. Former BBC Radio 2 DJ Sarah Kennedy has been banned from driving after she blamed a sneezing fit for causing her to crash her Mercedes. Despite being two and a half times over the legal limit for booze. I would, I would suggest the booze is probably a little bit more. A little bit. Hey, has anybody ever evacuated a plane? I've, I tell you why, I tell you why. And I, with the greatest respect, I always wanted to go down those slides... Yeah, you have to remove your high heel shoes. God, and that would that would annoy me, but I would do it willingly. Don't take yours off because you're tiny. Uh, it would if, if anyone's ever had to evacuate a plane. Evacuation situations for the nations. Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. You got Let's have a conversation. Or? Evacuation situation conversations. At train stations. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I think we filled for enough. You can, you, you can go on your way. Oh no, stay because I want to show you something. Oh no, no, I don't see that whole thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got something nice to show you. Let's go to the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound building up around Junction 9 for Redbourne on the sensors this morning. Also on the M25 heading anti-clockwise, starting to look quite slow around Junction 17 for Maple Cross. In Bushy Heath, traffic lights aren't working at the moment on the Common at Common Road. And in Boreham Wood, rather slow moving at the moment on the Barnet Bypass, setting southbound between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Taking a look at the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Bedford and East Croydon and between Luton and Streatham. That's due to some emergency engineering works that are taking
taking place. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I tell you what, I was showing uh, to Catherine there, dear, dear listener, nothing inappropriate. It was my little boy had drawn a picture of me, him, and his brother, and he'd written his name. He, yeah, he got one of the letters wrong, and he got a sound thrashing for it. Don't worry, but he wrote his name. He's four. He's also worked out. We were doing some spelling the other day and some anagrams. And boy, you should have seen the look on his face when you realised the first three letters of Bumblebee spell bum. Oh, the power! The power he's got! He can spell bum! Ever slipped on a banana skin? Famous handkerchiefs? And just phone up with any old guff we need to fill? Oh, an evacuation situations for the nations! Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Milton Keynes attack victim forced to move home. Luton Lib Dem leader says Nick Clegg should go and crossing confusion in Dunstable. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford needed 37 stitches in the back of his head after suffering a fractured skull. More from Tony Fisher. The 41-year-old ex-firefighter also suffered damage to his fingers in the attack in Aylesbury Street in September last year. His attacker was sentenced in January for unlawful wounding, but was released after five months. Since then, Mr Hodgkins has had to call the police more than 25 times, and he says he feels like his life is in danger. Milton Keynes' counsel say he will be rehoused. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine the Liberal Democrat leader. Mr Cable has faced questions. Questions over controversial opinion polls commissioned by his long-standing friend Lord Oakeshott. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader David Frank says Mr Clegg should go. Because of the actions of Liberal Democrats in government, thousands of Luton residents on low wages are, are paying no income tax. Luton schools are receiving millions through the pupil premium. But yes, there is a problem. And the problem is, no matter how strong our messages are, no matter how well they're presented, if the messages are delivered by Nick Clegg, then frankly no one's listening. The slip roads from the M25 to the M1 in Hertfordshire have reopened following yesterday morning's crash involving a lorry and a car. The road had to be resurfaced following a diesel spillage and didn't reopen until around four o'clock this morning. A letter signed by more than 50 leading scientists is asking the World Health Organisation not to regulate electronic cigarettes. The open letter letter says e-cigarettes should instead be regarded as a significant health innovation. Doctors leaders say too little is known about the long-term effects. Shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the County Council. Binge drinking-related issues costs the authority over £400 million a year. It's looking to follow Ipswich, where off-licences were asked to voluntarily take beers, lagers and ciders, with a strength over 6.5% off of their shelves. People in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive next to Asda, but say it has reduced speeds and injury accidents. Locals say the layout is causing confusion for motorists and pedestrians. The, the, the people of Dunstable are paying for these facilities of the roads. The council's not listening to them at all, not listening to one iota. You take your life in your own hands. If you don't, if you don't just go for it, You'll spend hours waiting for anybody to stop. I've seen him go down here at 50 miles an hour. 
Seriously? Yes. In sport, Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years. The weather, cloudy with rain this morning, a mixture of sunshine and showers this afternoon, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's a lot of history and heritage to be investigated. It's all about where you live. It's a very friendly town and the people are excellent. And all this week we're featuring Dunstable. Dunstable's nice and quiet and it makes you feel free. People generally are quite nice to you. If you get away from the main road, it's lovely and peaceful. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, it's a busy show this morning. Some of the things coming up include, well, a gentleman who lives in fear in Milton Keynes. We'll be speaking to him in a moment. Courtesy in Dunstable and... The podcast is a little bit short, so if you want to call in, if you preface your call with podcast filler, you'll get on the air and you can tell us anything you want. Doesn't even have to be true, to be honest. Other things, have you ever... Have you ever slipped on a banana skin? That's Justin's. And evacuation situations. Have you ever had to evacuate a building, a vehicle, or, let's be honest, guys, a relationship? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now this is, um... This is an incredible story we got from uh, MK News. A former firefighter from Milton Keynes says that he and his partner are living in fear. Now, a man who fractured his skull has been let out of prison. Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford in Milton Keynes says his property's been damaged and there have been mysterious bangs on his front door since his attacker's release. Well, Chris joins you on the line now. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about the attack. Without mentioning the chap's name, you you knew who he was. How did the attack happen? Well, it was a neighbour and a friend, and what it was, um, he got engaged to his girlfriend, so I took a uh, bottle of wine around for them to give to, give to them as a, a present for getting engaged. Then he he, he, uh, he went for me because he lost his dog, but he left at the neighbour's house. And this is the third dog he's lost so far. Um, so I put a bottle of wine down the coffee table and so said, I'm not getting the row with you. That's for you and your missus. Obviously, I couldn't say his name. Then I went to leave, and he smacked me on the back of the head with a bottle and smashed it on my head. Then I walked back to towards my flat, and he hit me on the back, but my landlord is above me, so I didn't want to go to my flat. So I walked down to Ellsbury Street. Um, obviously, by that time, I'm covered in blood. And he, and he got another bottle, which I, I, I was told was a brandy bottle, and he was just stabbing the back of the head with it. But by that point, I lost a litre and half of blood, and I went down on my knees. And he, until people pulled him off, that's uh, really what happened, to be honest. Second, he was, he was upset because he'd lost his dog. Yeah, the third dog he's lost, that is, by the way. And so you, you you gave him a bottle of wine and said, all right, I'm, good luck, I'm having another... This. Yeah, he yeah. whacked you over the back of the head with the full bottle of wine? Yeah, smashed the bottle on me and everything. Um, I'm still waiting for my clothes back from the police because forensics took it away anyway at the time. Um, yeah, and he just kept, kept attacking me from behind. You know, I'm not the sort of person that hurts people, so I was just trying to walk away. And I'd, I'd walked literally probably 100 metres away from his flat and got towards the Swan pub in Fenny Stratford. Then I went, went to go in there to seek help, and the, the people were eating, so I was, I was covered in blood and everything. So they, they kicked me back out the door. Then there was people out on camera phones videoing it, and um, a few people pulled him off in the end. 
then he, he, he got he got charged, bowed, come back and started harassing again. Hang on a second, there's so much this story, Chris, that I'm finding incredible. You got kicked out of somewhere because it, what, it was a restaurant. Well, it's a pub, but right. there, and you, and there, you went in there. there and as well. I went did, in for help, yeah. And um, they kicked you out because you had blood all over you. Oh yeah. And then people were phoning, were, were filming you. Yeah, they, no, they came out and pulled him off, and there was a couple of lads from, there's a hairdresser nearby, a couple of lads come out and they were filming it on the, the video phones while people were pulling him off me. Isn't that, isn't that kind of them? What, what, what helpful members of society? Well, yeah, yeah, you'd, get, you'd be afraid otherwise, would you? Uh, well, yeah, I hope you get your £250, Chris. So, but, uh, you, got, you had 37 stitches, is that right? So yeah, it the was police, a, the a police serious attack. Hard. Yeah, it was real bad. They hit an artery in the back of my head, which, that's where I lost a lot of blood. It wasn't a main artery, it was just, um, right in the back of the skull, so it fractured my eye. Socket right to the back, and everything else. He got, um, he got arrested. He got sent to prison for, for twelve months. He did five. Well, no, he got arrested and got released on bail. Right. Then he turned up at my flat again, and um, I was uh, I was because I was still here. I was dozing on the settee, and uh, another friend of mine, another neighbour who's friends with me, he let, let him in. Didn't know who he was. Oh. And he started giving it again in the you know being aggressive in the flat. I managed to get him out of the flat, and then he got remanded from there. So this remand was taken into account. And um, he was out in five months, and uh, he's, he's since then he's, he's thrown bottles at the window. Associates of his have been uh, smashing stuff up. Now, how do you know, Chris? Uh, uh, again, without mentioning names, which may make this tricky, how do you know that the, the, it's his friends that are doing this? Yeah, because they're, they're all in the same group. They, they, right. they're, they're drinkers, and they drink down the canal and stuff like that, and everything else. And they're, they're all like friends with each other, and that you know, I, I get stuff on Facebook and. There's a dreaded Facebook, and things come on there, and you, you can put two and two together, you know, without being a detective. Okay, but let me, let me get, make one suggestion to you. I did this the, a couple of weeks ago. Get rid of Facebook, Chris. If it's yeah. causing you stress, you don't need it. Delete no, it. I know. I know. Jeremy Carl says it every day. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know, and it's one of the few bits of advice I, I agree with on him. Yeah. Get, get rid of it, because if, if it's upsetting you, you won't, you won't miss it. But you, you live with your girlfriend, is that right? Yes, I do, yeah. And she's been intimidated as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's threatened her when she was at a friend's house. He was in there, and he's... Uh, I can say it's Scottish, can't I? Yeah. Well, we, we, yeah, OK, yes. Yeah, so he's, he's completely in the face, wouldn't let her leave the flat, and he was having a go at her and stuff like that, and she felt really intimidated. Uh, that This is a different person, it's one of his associates. Right, right. the person in question. Do you feel safe in your flat? Not really, no. But I went to the council and they explained everything to him. I took all the... They'd been round to see me. They got all... Uh, 20... At the time, it's 24 year-end numbers from the police. Showed them that, and they put my priority too. What does that? What does priority two mean? Well, I think priority one, you, your house as quick as I can. Priority two is you're not really um, that much of a threat. To oh, your health. But um, the woman who deals with it, and I can't say names. No. Um, she only works part time, Monday to Wednesday. And um, I found a property the other day because they're trying to get me to find something private rent to go through on the council. So obviously, I'm, I want to go back to work, but I'm waiting for the hand to heal up a bit better. Yeah. And um, basically. They're putting priority two, which is, is no good. You've got to find your own property, private rent, that does council. So you've got to find a landlord that will take you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I found one last week on the Thursday, and it's gone by Monday, Tuesday, so it's a bank holiday by the time she got back to work. So I, I don't think somebody in that authority should be working part-time when there's situations like myself. I mean, there's people worse off than me. The police have been around 24 times in the last three weeks. What, what are they doing? Um, well... In, we had a bottle thrown at the window. It didn't do any damage. Um, then they were standing outside, you know, obviously trying to entice me to come out, which I didn't. I called the police. And sometimes it takes me 37 minutes for police to turn up on a 999 call, which is, I find ridiculous. I mean, this is like a, a, a normal night. No nightclubs are open or anything. So 
And I, I often go, I do my shopping like 2.30 in the morning. Every time I go down to Tesco's and do my shopping, because there's no one about, because obviously I've got these issues, um, the police are sitting there having a sandwich in the car. And, and I've said to the police themselves, you know, if you're going to have a sandwich, they're going to break. That's fair enough, everyone gets a break. Why don't you park outside the flat? Has anyone spoken to this chap and said, what's, what's your beef? What's going on? No, it's not, I don't know. It's, it, the people know him and, you know, I know of him, but it, it, you just get mixed views of yeah. it, so to speak. What are you, what are you worried? What, what, what's your concern? What, what are you worried that might happen? Well, I'm just worried I might go out and I get hit from behind again. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not up for, you know, I, I don't fight anyway, but if someone comes at me towards me, I can see them coming. But uh, where I live, it's, it's like a rat run. There's alleyways everywhere, so... It's uh, just dangerous, to be honest. And I find that uh, Durham's Court is where I live. It seems to me it's a, it's a drop-off place for ex-convicts and drug addicts, to be honest. And it, and it is. I mean, most people who live here don't work. Most people who are here um, have come out of the hostel from prison and they house them here. It seems to be a little place where the council dump people off. Single, it's all single men, but there's probably three people in the entire block of 100 flats that work. And it's, uh, it's just ridiculous. Chris, can I ask you, why are you telling your story to us? Why are you telling your story to M- MK News? Are, are, are you, is there not a part of you that's concerned this might um, make the situation worse? Um, yeah, I know, I probably will, but it, it can't really get any worse, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to the point where I've, you know, I've just had enough. I, I, I just want out of here, and I, you know, I've asked the council desperately to rehouse me or do what they can. Um, but I'm just getting nowhere with it. So in the end, I spoke to... I can't name her, but I spoke to a lady from MK News and she wanted to run the story, so... Chris, listen, I hope in some way... I mean, we've spoken to the council. They ain't said much to us. You know, no, they, they, they sent us a statement that, does it, that says, oh, yeah, we're, we're trying to find somewhere, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, by highlighting, maybe it'll speed things up. I, I, I wish you the very best of luck. Yeah, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Chris, thank you for your time. What an incredible story. Um, I wish you the best of luck. So many incredible parts to that story. Hey, why won't the council rehome him? But then after he got beaten up, he wandered into a pub covered in blood and he got kicked out. And then he's getting a kicking in the street, getting whacked over the head with a bottle. And there are people filming it. There are people filming it. Listen, I could understand... Who knows what you do in that situation? I can understand you walking by... Nothing to do with me, Governor. I ain't getting involved. I can kind of understand that. You know, it could be fear, it could be whatever. But to stand there... I would like to think I'd get involved. I don't know. But to stand there filming it... Filming people it... people think they're taking evidence. I hope that's what they're doing. Maybe, maybe. I had a, an incident in a hotel the other day. Nothing, nothing like that at all. But I, when I was staying in Birmingham, as I often do, and I went into a hotel, and there was a young lad giving an Asian gentleman who was working there a hard time. Re- really effing and jeffing, and you need to effing sort this out. It was all very awkward. We all sort of stood in the lobby. And mm. then, uh, he, um, then he threw the P word at him. Wow. Yeah, and I, and I, that, was, that was kind of... The, I was thinking about stepping out. I said, oi, oi, mister. I didn't say mister, I called him mate. We call him Mister. I have to say that to my boys. Oi, Mister. Young man. Oi, mate. Just just watch your language a little bit. And he kind of stepped towards me, and then it, it, it diffused the situation. Thank God, because I was terrified. Yeah. Watch your language, fella. Come on, there's people here. But that sort of thing comes out of your mouth before you think of the consequences, yeah. and then you realise what's going on. I was kind of thinking. I was kind of imagining that my boys were there, and uh, it, it, it was completely inappropriate. And there was, there was this young girl also sitting behind the counter who was just trying not to make eye contact with anybody. And I go, oi, oi, mate, watch your language, for goodness sake. But to stand there filming it, you're right. Let, let, let's hope for the best. Let's assume they were taking evidence, shall we? 
What an incredible story. Incredible. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound looking rather slow on the speed sensors around Junction 9 for Redbourne at the moment. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 21, the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also queuing on the M25 anti-clockwise between 17 Maple Cross and 16 the M40. In Borehamwood, rather slow moving on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And on the trains, still delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Bedford and East Croydon and Luton and Streatham. That's because of engineering works that are taking place. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, I'm so sorry. I missed that. Could you do it again, please? <sighs> oh, for goodness sake. Uh, we need to get this mic sorted. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, her, her microphone's broken, so that's not going to happen now. Unfortunate incident. 7.16, it's Thursday the 29th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader David Frank says Mr Clegg should go. And people in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive. BBC Three Counties Radio. World War One at home on the BBC. After we'd done all our donkey work, the army saw that we had made good. Revealing untold stories. The members of the society would welcome an opportunity of doing something to help the patient and faithful creatures whose lives were being sacrificed in the service of our country. Discovering local memories. I need not say again what my predecessors and I have felt as to the immense help you gave the government by allowing us to make trials in secret at Hatfield. World War One at home. He asked her to come and organise rest part to be turned into a convalescent home. The torpedo got us in our forward magazine, thereby killing everyone forward. World War One at home. All next week from 8.15 on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking this morning for your celebrity handkerchiefs. I genuinely think, OK, I genuinely think... This is the best phone-in I've ever done in my life. I thought of it from the short distance between getting out of my car, locking it, and walking into uh, BBC Three Counties Radio Towers. Celebrity handkerchief. Started off with um, uh, Meatloaf, always dabbing his sweaty brow while he's singing Bat Out of Hell. Satchmo, the Railway Children, so met the Gumbies. Pedigree Pete's on the line. Morning, Pete. Good morning, my friend. It's a good phoner, isn't it? Well, yeah, I can think of one, though. Go on. Right, I'm going for uh, Johnny Depp. When? In Pirates of the Pe- uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Had it round the top of his head, didn't oh, he? Oh, Pen- Pedigree P. Of course he does. Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow, wears a handkerchief on his head. That is correct. Pete, thank you very much indeed. Add that one to the list. What's going to happen at the end of the show is we're going to uh, get a calligraphist to come in and write this list in gold leaf ink. It's going to cost a fortune on uh, 300-year-old parchment paper. Uh, and we're then going to send it to the Queen and get her to kiss it, leave a lipstick mark on there, and then we're going to hang it in a building. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Now, the big tour is focusing on Dunstable this week, where it would seem the council's idea of courtesy crossings... Well, some people think there's a bit of a flaw in that people aren't being courteous. If you know this stretch of road, could you give me a call? Because I've attacked it, and then, oh, I went and drove on it, and i done cross on it. And I thought it was all right. Then again, I'm not in a wheelchair, and I can see. Remember last uh, year we spoke about the new road layout on Court Drive? Drivers and pedestrians are supposed to share the space, with motorists giving way to those on foot. It sounds simple, but it's confusing a lot of people, and there have been several accidents there, including one involving a four-year-old. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to people in Court Drive. It's dangerous for pedestrians crossing that road because half of the drivers don't even stop. How many of you nearly been knocked over yourself? I have, yeah, because a car... One car stopped and let you go, and another car just missed me by a couple of inches. How angry does this road make you feel, Moira? Very angry. On a scale of one to ten? Ten. Chelsea, you're here with your young child this morning. How old is your child? Uh, nine months. Nine months old, so you've got the, the buggy with you. A lot of people moaning about this road, saying it's dangerous. Do you think it's dangerous? No, not really. It doesn't bother me. Cars stop still and it's like a crossing, basically. So a lot of people making a fuss over, over nothing, really? Yeah, basically. So you've never had one problem here at all? Never. Even the first week it was put in? No, nope, it didn't bother me. Straight across, everyone stops. There's no danger. You're still safe. Well, Clive Bates is one of the people who thinks the crossings are an ill-conceived idea. Good morning to you, Clive. Morning, Ian. Well, what's your problem with it? Um, I think my main problem is the fact that uh, if you're disabled, partially sighted, the cars approach the crossings too fast, and the some drivers are very, very courteous, but it's just that speed of trying to get across the road. And also, we want to declutter the roads a little bit, but um, to get across the road is, is very, very difficult, especially if you're not moving too quickly. Um, I saw yesterday morning, um, I was in Queensway, a chap who was trying to cross the road at the end of Queensway up against Asda, the crossing there, mm. um, had his dog with him, and then in the end was having to run across, dragging his dog, because oh, yeah. one, a, a reef of bus came around quite quickly. So it, it's, you know, it could be you know, quite safe, but... If people are courteous. And I, I suppose that's the thing. Listen, I am very lucky to be um, in pretty good physical condition and I can see. So I found crossing the road pretty easy. But you're right. I suppose if someone is suffering from some form of disability, mm-hmm. that can make it difficult. The council told us that people would get used to it. That's uh, not the case then, I guess. Um, no, because people are used to seeing um, pedestrian crossings, you know, with lights and with, with designated areas of the... Uh, you know, zebra crossings or pedestrian crossings. I think it's very difficult because, I agree, a lot of the drivers are courteous. A lot of the people crossing the road um, get across reasonably well. I tried yesterday afternoon a couple of times. The two down by the court, sorry, the um, theatre, the Grove Theatre, in that long road, um, yeah, I got across reasonably well. I came to the one at the bottom of Queensway and I waited for five cars, five cars, um, went by, uh, didn't even attempt to stop. The sixth car did. I got across there pretty well, but then a, a bus again appeared around on the busway. Mm. But it's, it's the fact that, you know, I was talking to people last night, uh, just rung round, I was coming on this morning, and I didn't have anybody who was happy with the, um, the situation. 
Central Bedfordshire Council says it's aware of the problems and is looking to improve things mm-hmm. further. What, what do you make of that? Well, to be honest, to make it safer for car drivers, pedestrians, if they are looking at it, a lot of money has been spent on it already and maybe these things should have been sorted in the planning stage. What would you like to see done, Clive? Um, uh, probably just raising the awareness with um, maybe um, better, temporarily better signage, uh, uh, generally looking at the whole problem, talking to people and getting the feedback and uh, acting on that. Clive, I appreciate your time this morning. If you uh, are aware of the roads, then do give us a call. That's Clive Bates, 08459 555. Steve's in Dunstable. Good morning, Steve. Hello, morning. Now, Steve, for the past, well, nearly two years, you've been calling me with a load of old rubbish. <laughs> but if I'm completely honest... The it last might be rubbish to you, mate, but, you know, to me, it's perfectly well, makes sense. I know, and that's... T- what, but what's so terrifying <laughs> is the last three or four phone calls, I found myself agreeing with your slightly bigoted views. Well, there you go. What Why? you got for us today? I'm, hope- I'm hoping I disagree with you strongly. <laughs> well, you're bad. you might not, anyway. Why have four or five different... Why does it have four or five crossings in a piece of road that's less than a mile long? And also, why don't you just put a zebra crossing there? Get rid of all them speed ups and have one zebra crossing. Well, why should we keep stopping for people? If I don't want to be courteous, I'm driving over it. Oh, so hang not, on. It's <laughs> not law. It's not by law. If they put a zebra crossing there, I cannot... Obviously, I've got to stop, which no. is fair enough. You no. know where you are. No, Steve. Here's what? the thing. You, if someone's standing at the side of a zebra crossing, do you have to stop? Well, I would stop, yeah, because they're on you the way. You don't have to. You don't have to stop if yeah, someone's well, stood we... at the side of a zebra crossing. Do you know when you have to stop? When they put the foot on it. When they put the foot on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, by whatever. that point, you're aiming for the foot. <laughs> I'm on the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe that we're becoming friends. No, uh, yeah, you might have a good point. Or just, you know, a, well, a, yeah, a it's rubbish, crossing. Yeah, but it's, the thing is, if, if I was to cross that and some, you know, some muppet decides to cross in front of me and I hit them... Am I in the wrong, or are yes. they in the wrong for crossing? Or am I, at the end of the day, it's courtesy, which is a load of rubbish. It's either a basic law. So either you stop because you have to stop, yeah. or you don't. And if, you know, people ain't courteous, I'm not sometimes. I'll, you know, you get a bad well, mood to drive a car, you think, bollocks, I'm going. Well, Steve, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> apologies to anybody. There's a Category B. Category B. We have apologies. I know you weren't offended, but maybe some people have got young ears in the car or, you know, you're listening over your breakfast and it's not the kind of potty language we need. So apologies uh, if anyone was offended by uh, Steve's passion on the subject of discourtesy. Quite discourteous for him to use that word, wasn't it, really? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Should we have a little look at some of the front pages uh, of the newspapers? Yes. Uh, let's, let's do the important newspapers, what I like to call the Holy Trinity of the Daily Mail, the Express and the Sun. Lib Dems in meltdown, says the Daily Mail, gleely rubbing their hands and loosening their belts. They're excited. Very excited, like rats in a sack. This is the line. Like rats in a sack, the touchy-feely party turn on themselves and their leader in one of the most poisonous days in modern politics. The poison at the heart of the Liberal Democrat Party burst into the open last night after an explosive resignation statement which rocks the political establishment. I don't... I mean, a fella stepped down because he conducted a survey. I mean, rats in a sack? That's a great image. Um, the Daily Express, your savings are slashed again. Uh, and there's a picture of uh, the selfie, Tom Cruise and Susanna Reid. I don't see... The, 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 she's getting attacked for taking a selfie with Tom Cruise. Admit it, you'd do it. 
Kath, you'd take... If you were with Tom... No, 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 plate cool, me. Plate cool. You would totally take a selfie with Tom Cruise. Nope. Kelly, you would totally take a selfie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, 100%. Of course you would. I and would have the conversation selfie. we had yesterday about Tom Cruise. I'll take a selfie with um, a Tom Cruise lookalike. Yeah. A cruisy. Any, yeah, just anyone. Catherine, why are you lying? You're just lying to look, trying to look cool with the hipsters. No, no, no. Hipsters don't live in beds, hearts hipsters and Hipsters take selfies. I'm not a hipster. You're, you're not a nothing. Oh, not a nothing. You're not a nothing. Hey, I am something. something. Oh, nuts. You got me there on a double negative technicality. Dave Luton, you'd take a selfie with Tom Cruise, wouldn't you? <laughs> you're joking, aren't you? What? Well, I'm a man. He's a man. What? I'm not one of them. No, well... You stick the look steady, steady. Yeah, steady, steady. But you you know what? Do you know what a selfie is? Well, you tell me. What do you think it is? No, you tell me. It's when you take a photograph of yourself. Really? I don't even even want to know what you thought a selfie was. So, okay, let's phrase it in old man language. You you take a photograph of yourself (laughs) with uh, movie actor Tom Cruise, wouldn't you? No. Why? Who wants to know about um, having me photograph with him for? Who (laughs) wants... Just so many random words in these sentences, Dave. Yeah, I know. If you were with Tom Cruise and you had the the ability to... No. No, I'm not interested in Tom Cruise. If you were with Tom Cruise... No. Is this Jeff? This is Dave. Oh. If you, uh, were, if you were with Tom Cruise... Give me... Uh, I'll, I'll have it up with... Uh, I'll have a photograph... You're not no, having with, it up with anybody. It's a photograph. No. Yeah, I'm a, I'll, I'll have, a, have a photograph with Kelly or Catherine. Right. If if you were with Tom Cruise... No. No, go on in. Oh, dear. If you were with Tom Cruise... I, I come on the radio regarding uh, famous handkerchiefs, and I'm talking about Tom Cruise here. If you... If, Tommy Cooper, have you forgotten his handkerchief? Okay, right. If you had the opportunity, if you're with Tommy Cooper, oh yeah, yeah, well, and yeah, Tom we're... Cruise, no, why? Because I don't know it's t- Tom Cruise. Right, he comes up to you and goes, "Hey, I'm Tom Cruise," right, and you're stood huh. next to Tom Cruise. No, <laughs> yeah, would you on. take a photo of yourself next to him? No. Why? Because I wouldn't. Do I you... don't like him, Dave. If I don't like a person, yeah. I wouldn't have a photograph taken by the side of him. Dave. Mm, yeah, go on. Do you drive? Yes. Okay. So, Tommy, famous handkerchiefs. Oh, uh, Tommy Cooper. I don't remember his handkerchief. He had a fez. He did. He always had a handkerchief in his top pocket. Oh, and I don't he, know. And I, I, he gave me that. In 1968, Caesar's Palace, Luton. <laughs> Hang on, you've got Tommy Cooper's famous handkerchief. Yeah, but unfortunately, ah. one year, about two years later, my wife was emptying, uh, getting out some old clothes, and she threw the handkerchief away. So, as far as we know, that story could not, could not be true. Well, it is true. Well, where's the evidence? Where's the ev? Well, well, that's unless there's somebody there that was saw Tommy Cooper that day at Caesar's Palace, Luton. What was the date? Uh, they, what was the date? If you'd taken a I selfie, be- Dave, then we'd, we'd have believe, the evidence. I, I believe it was 1968 at Caesar's Palace, Luton. All Tommy right. Cooper. Let's listen. We'll put it out there. If were you at Tommy Cooper's uh, Caesar's Palace in Luton, 1968, did you see Dave Luton being handed a handkerchief? It was in front of the audience, was it? It was in the audience. Okay. Yeah, he did- came straight. He came past me and he gave me his handkerchief. And if and no people- one calls in, if no one calls in, Dave, we have to assume that's a lie. 
Well, they can do what they like, can't they? Well, they can do exactly what they like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah you, no, so you're, I don't care. Yeah, well, I'm saying it's Tom Cruise. So, yeah, I, so exactly the, I'm exactly the same as Tom Cruise. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, don't like Tom well, Cruise. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, but I'd still have a picture with him. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Deal. Just, Simon, hold your horses. Nicola? Hello. Yeah, something has gone drastically wrong here. <gasps> can, can you do... Uh, and it's, it's a similar tune, different words. Can you do the travel over the news bed? Yeah. Away you go. So the M1 at London Mound building up around Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in Park Street, the A414 is looking a little bit busy around the Park Street roundabout at the moment. Very slow at the moment on the M25 heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20, Kings Langley. Traffic lights are working at the moment in Bushy Heath on the Common, just at Common Road. And looking rather slow on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Bedford and East Croydon and Luton and Streatham. That's due to some emergency engineering works. They're hoping that it'll be back to normal service by about 8 o'clock this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him, continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Milton Keynes Council say Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford will be rehoused after he had to call the police more than 20 times. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary Vince Cable was not involved in a plot to undermine the Liberal Democrat leader. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader David Frank says Mr Clegg should go. And people in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive next to Asda, but say it has reduced speeds and injury accidents. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years, as the BBC's Richard Conway explains. In terms of its day-to-day running, I think very little will change. Clearly it is, you know, they had that flotation on the stock exchange in New York a number of years ago. They had been looking to reduce their debt. Their debt payments have been reduced. But of course that fan anger over the, 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 the amount of debt interest that have been paid. I think that that still remains and I think that will continue. Luton Town strikers Andre Gray and Mark Cullen have taken to Twitter to express their disappointment that captain Ronnie Henry is leaving the club. Henry will leave after rejecting a new contract offer. The Hatters are expected to confirm his departure today. And Watford's Akechi Anya played for Scotland in last night's two-all draw with Nigeria at Fulham's Craven Cottage. England's cricketers thrashed Sri Lanka by ten wickets in the third one-day international at Old Trafford. Chris Jordan took five wickets to help dismiss the tourists for just 67. England now 2-1 
run-up in the five-match series with the fourth game at Lords on Saturday. Jordan now being tipped for a test place. I'm just concentrating on, on Lords. Uh, today was concentrating on today. After draw line on the today, cut today's finish and uh, move on to Lords and we'll see where we get to in the end, at the end of the series. Andy Murray plays his second round match at the French Open today. The British number one takes on the Australian Marinko Matosovic. And Tiger Woods has ruled himself out of next month's US Open. Woods is still recovering from back surgery, which kept him out of the US Masters. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Marinka who? Marinka Matosovic. Thanks very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, I like the names of the foreign people. 08459 555. We really are having a humdinger of a show. Podcast alert, guys. Uh, we do a weekly podcast. And boy, it's really successful and it's actually very good sometimes, despite myself. This week, we are short of material. So if you call in and just say, I have some podcast filler, we'll put you straight on it. It can be anything a fantastic story, an outrageous story, a made up story. We just need content. 08459 555 555. And this is genuinely a brilliant uh, uh, phone in. Have you ever had to evacuate somewhere? Catherine Boyle had to... You had to evacuate... Well, it was the science class, I'm assuming. Yep, chemistry. We were generally using the Bunsen burners for the um, the use that children do. Imagine giving, imagine giving fire to children. No, we used to have... Pe- none of our pens were straight by the end of those no, lessons. No, man alive. None of the, uh, the, the... The hair was singed as well. Everything was a bit melted. Yeah. Pencil cases... And the wall, yeah, um, because um, one of the girls put her Bunsen burner a little bit too close to the posters. What they went, and you got evacuated. We got, yeah, evacuated. I bet the teachers... It was the most exciting thing that happened all year. Of course it was. Of course it was. And that's the memory you've kept of school. Have you ever had to had to evacuate somewhere? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And uh, Dealey, well, you, you you claim to have come up with phoning mm. gold. Morning, boss. I'll be honest. We've we haven't had too many phone calls. Well, listen, I'm on the streets in Luton this morning. Good I've got you. two stories already. On this, have you ever slipped on a banana skin, yep. or does it only happen in cartoons? You are going to hear those stories a bit later on. Yep. Again, I encourage anybody who has a banana skin story to give you a call right now. But Ian, the reason I'm here right now yep. is because I have a, a public warning. Oh, and we've kind of stumbled across a, a news story here about banana skins. A lot of people saying to me that uh, they've noticed them in the last couple of weeks. More of them on the streets. One lady claims she counted. Five this morning. Uh, The roads affected are London Road and Ashton Road in Luton. So just to warn you, if you're going to be walking down those roads this morning on the way to work, apparently they are littered with banana skins. And one lady said to me, you could break your leg. These people, they are disgusting. Yeah. Is that look east? Yeah. We we got a story for you. Mm. We got a story for you. Yeah, no, hang on. Okay, yes, okay. Justin, look, he's still going to give you a call a bit later on. Lovely. Hang on one second. Yeah, is that Eddie Mayer? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't, I don't care. You're doing Nick Clegg tonight. Drop it. Drop it. There are five banana skins on the streets of Luton. Yeah? Okay, great. That's quite a lot for one street. Come it's, on. It's a lot. Come on, that's a lot. It's a lot, It's a big Justin. increase. And I'm assuming you're going around and, I don't know, picking them up? Um, yes, I will be later on. Good lad. Let me get some more stuff. stories first. Excellent. Have you ever slipped on a banana skin? Or does it only happen in the cartoons? Justin, thank you very much indeed for your input this morning. Thank you, boss. Thank you, sir. And he, there he goes. Uh, the front page of The Sun, Georgian 999 drama. 
Two ambulances called. Star rushed to hospital. George Michael has been taken to hospital after suffering a mystery collapse. Two ambulances with blue flashing lights were sent to the 50-year-old singer's North London mansion following a 999 call. Now, I know where George Michael's house is. Right. So can I t- am I allowed to tell people where George Michael's house is? No. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. My wife was at a party in uh, the house next door and they kept looking over his wall. What did they see? Um, Club Tropicana. <laughs> the drinks were certainly free. Um, I, I, I can't remember what they saw. I think they saw like a, a, like a horse statue. I think there was like a wooden horse or a wicker horse. Posh gnome. Yeah, something like that. But I'm not allowed, why am I not allowed to give his address out? Should I give your address out? You don't know it. I do. Do you? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, no, don't give mine out. Why? Do you live next door to him? Yeah. That's why I saw a wicker horse. That was the party that my wife was at. She didn't go to it's the a wicker party. horse party. Uh, paramedics stayed for four hours before driving the former Wham star to hospital. OK, this is, this is the thing, right? There's all this talk about Bros getting back together. Who cares about those losers? They sucked, and one of them was really, really rude to me. And do you know what? I just couldn't care less about those losers. But when is Wham going to get back together? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome. Why at the opening of the Olympics did George Michael sing a new song when instead he should have got his big old red 60s semi-acoustic guitar yep. and said, ladies and gentlemen, Mr Andrew Ridgely, they should have come out there and done a Whipped medley. Whipped their trousers off, yeah, totes. white shorts. Totes. When Let are they going to do that? I would pa- I don't want to go, because George Michael's concerts, concerts are so... Oh. See? Club Tropicana drinks are free. Don't know how they make any money. Um, why? Because George Michael concerts are really boring. Right? Because he just sings like old songs, isn't it? He just sings like old, like old slow songs and the one about getting caught with his... Um, trying to touch a policeman's winkle. He does those songs. That's it. When what you want is you want the hits. You want... I'll, even, I'll let him go as far as freedom and then he has to stop. One rap. You want wham rap, you want last Christmas, even if it's in the, in the summer. I couldn't care less. Uh, and uh, wake me up before... Just do that, guys. Come on. Come on, I would pay to go and see that. I don't even like them. Are any of them your mates? Um, no. Oh, so you can't sort it out or anything? Well, uh, well no, I can't sort out a wham reunion. Uh, or can I? Maybe this here is the start. This is, this is the, the ball that, uh, that gets um, the... Rolling. M- gets, get, this is going to gather get, some moss. Get some rolling. This, this stone is going to gather some moss. It's rolling. It's rolling. Rolling. Am I the only person yes. I'm going to... Am I the only person... Yes. Right, OK. Am I the only person, Catherine, that doesn't know who Maya Angelou was? Um, yeah. No. Ah, you see? Maya Angelou died yesterday at the age of 86. The Twitter was a light. I don't know. I've got no idea who she was. I mean, she, she wrote poetry, I've discovered. And I'm, I'm assuming... Civil rights activist. Civil rights poet. Feminist. Oh, OK. Author. We won't hold that against Inspirer. her. Inspirer. OK. I'm sure, I mean, and I'm, I'm not in any way denigrating her work, her, her input into society, but I just, I, I, it's a huge gap in my um, knowledge, which is unusual for me. Oh, I see, you're reading it from Wikipedia. No, I'm just looking at some pictures of her. She had a beautiful face. Oh, she's a beautiful woman, beautiful woman. But, but hang on a second, if she's a feminist, why is that relevant? It's not. Why did you mention it? Ah. Because I'm really looking at uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much indeed, Catherine. Kelly's I've just crying. seen what else she did. She was very accomplished. Television producer, playwright, film director, author, actress, professor. I've done all of those things apart from professor. Mm-hmm. So, have you? Yeah, I have. Go through them one by one. Poet. 
I've written poems, easy. Yeah, well, no. No, I've written poems. Limericks. Uh, civil rights activist. I listen. Still working on that. Well, no, no. Listen, I th- dancer. I'm trying we all to, know that's not the case. I'm trying to sort out film producer. I'm trying mm. to. S- I've, I've I've rented from Blockbuster. I've put money into films. Mm. I'm sorting out Dunstable. If that's not civil rights, I don't know what is. Uh. That, they remember that road um, in Hemel, the old road where they did the roadworks. I gave a council a, a rollicking. Yeah. I, if I'm not standing up for civil liberties then, Catherine, what am I doing? You didn't inspire everyone to go out and give councillors rollicking. And quite rightly so. Sometimes it's not worth it. Exactly. Back away from the councillor, Steve. He ain't worth it. Okay. Leave it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lynn's in Hemel. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Lynn, uh, do you know what? I feel a little bit anxious today. Do you, darling? I feel like that sometimes. Yeah, I do. It's in my... It's in a, a, a part of... Catherine, is this my solar plexus? This, yeah. It's in my solar plexus. It feels really... I feel really anxious. Maybe, um... You need some sort of therapy. Well, uh, uh, yeah, maybe I need a bit more. My chakras perhaps need to be aligned. I think it's my... One, two, three... My fourth chakra might be all over the place. I think... Well, if you got Justin to give you a... Going over the self-turn the other day. Yeah. Perhaps he could do it. I think he might have dislodged my chakra when he was giving me a going over. I think he should be probably banned. He should be banned and spanked. Oh, don't talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> well, yes, actually, do talk about that. Liam, what would you like to say? <laughs> oh, can I spank Justin, please? I'm you an old what? woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't worry, we'll sort that out. We'll sort that out. You can definitely spank Justin. Now, Lynn, before we get taken off the air, what would you like to say? Well, I fell over a banana skin. <laughs> Were you seriously injured before I carry on laughing? No, but the worst thing was, I was yes. about... 18? I was quite young, oh. 20. Yeah, oh. Slipped over a banana skin oh, yeah. in the Marlowe's in Hemel Hempstead. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. But there was, a lot of people won't remember these, there used to be those collections for guide dogs that involved, like, a life-size guide dog. And was it the one with the, with the, um, the boy? The, the, you put the money in the boy's head? No, it was a dog. Oh, oh OK. All right, yes, I'm aware of those, yeah. Yes, you don't put money in boys' heads. No, you put Your it in... Your chakras in... are really up the spout, aren't they? just, yeah. <laughs> You used to have a guide dog outside shop sometimes. Yes. And as I slipped on the banana skin, yeah. I grabbed this guide dog. Yeah. And it pinned me to the ground. Oh, Lynn! <laughs> Lynn, uh, uh, so a, a model guide dog used to collect money pinned you to the ground after you'd slipped on a banana. Is your last name Laurel Hardy? I slipped, yeah, well, I used to, I slipped on the banana, grabbed yeah. this guide dog. Yeah. Fell on top of me. Beautiful. And the worst, the worst thing was Ian. Yeah. Everybody just laughed and walked past me. Yeah, of course, me. I, I would, Lynn, I would do the same thing. They didn't have mobile phones in those days, but I'm sure some people whipped out their sketch pads and drew a sketch as quickly as they could. Lynn, thank you very much. And of course, you've, you've introduced a new phone in. Have you ever been pinned to the ground by a, a charity collection box? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. No, but I asked my dad if I could have a ride on one. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Rather heavy moving at the moment on the Great North Road, just before the Black Cat roundabout this morning. In Park Street, the A414 is a little bit busy around the Park Street roundabout, and very slow moving on the M25, heading anti-clockwise, between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. On queuing as well on the M25, anti-clockwise, between Junction 18 for Chorleywood, and 16, the M40. In Borehamwood, very slow on the Barnet Bypass, heading at southbound, between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And normal service has now resumed on First Capital Connect. That was between Bedford and East Croydon. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Oh dear, oh dear. 7.46, it's Thursday the 29th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they are convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. And people in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive. 08459 555. Let's get the weather now. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a bit of a cloudy start, some drizzle in places too. It does brighten up though later on, but we've also got some showers on the way. They're going to be quite slow moving and fairly heavy at times. In between those sunny spells and uh, gradually drying up as we head through this evening. So in the sunshine, temperatures should get to about 17 or 18 degrees Celsius, but obviously if you're under uh, more cloud, it's going to be a little cooler than that. Uh, tonight though, a cloudy night, largely dry, although the cloud may uh, spark off a couple of showers. We've got temperatures down to about 11 or 12 degrees Celsius, so quite mild again. And tomorrow, a fairly cloudy day, perhaps after a foggy start, uh, we should have a couple of brighter spells, and uh, cloud does start to shift as we head through the evening, so we've got temperatures reaching about 16 or 17 degrees Celsius. Saturday, looking largely dry, bright, uh, with uh, just the odd light isolated shower, but it should be uh, fairly sunny at times. Sunday, probably dry through the day, clouding over. Any sunshine is likely to be a little hazy, so uh, with rain joining in on Sunday night. We've got a bit of a drizzly start to next week. That's your latest forecast. Thank you very much. I've just had a not look. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person to sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the County Council. Binge drinking costs the local economy £400 million in costs to police and healthcare, as well as businesses and employers. It's now looking to follow Ipswich, where off-licences are asked to voluntarily take beers, lagers and ciders with a strength of over 6.5% off their shelves. We're joined now by Jim McManus, Director of Public Health at Hertfordshire County Council. Good morning to you, Jim. Morning. Are people generally in favour of this idea? 
Yes, I mean, it's worked well in Ipswich and Suffolk um, because they've been very careful to engage uh, businesses and partners and, you know, police and district councils. And it has worked there in Suffolk. And there's some early results of where, where it's been tried elsewhere in the country that it does seem to reduce in people preluding um, with drink and getting a lot of alcohol in their bloodstream before they go out. And that, in turn, can reduce accidents. And, and there's some evidence that it's actually reduced alcohol violence. Does it, does it not, because it's voluntary, uh, voluntary, of course, so people, the shops don't have to do this. Does it not just encourage boozers to go to the off-licences that do stock this, this strong beer and lager and cider? Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? But apparently it doesn't, um, for three reasons. One is the, the shops stock a different range of stuff. They also c- um, can work on customer loyalty. And actually, um, there are lots of. There, it's usually accompanied with lots of publicity and information so that people understand why super-strength alcohol um, is not a good idea to buy lots of. And then finally, actually, in most areas, you get as many retailers as possible together to kind of lead the voluntary removal from shelves so that actually the supply does begin to dry up a little. How, where are we in, in these plans, Jim? Is, is, when is this going to happen and who have you been speaking to? Um, well, firstly, the alcohol plan, which has uh, about 30 or 40 different um, commitments and work streams in it, has just gone through the County Council um, and it's been discussed with our partners in the police, the district councils, the NHS, um, has been discussed with alcohol-related voluntary groups, uh, as well as people who are recovering from alcohol problems. Um, and the next stage is to then start discussing this in detail when we see the results from Suffolk and Ipswich. So sit down with Chambers of Commerce, sit down with um, local councillors, sit down with as many local stakeholders as possible and look at where it will work. So, it, so on the um, super strength alcohol, it's very early days. On some of the other stuff like prevention and education um, and alcohol-related services, we're already ruling those out. The super strength alcohol, the, the, the self-imposed ban, who is that really aimed at? Because I don't know that, that people going out for a booze up on a Friday necess- necessarily do go and buy some Diamond White and, and, and some tenants. That, that's primarily drinkers, uh, heavy drinkers and alcoholics and homeless people in city centres. Is this primarily aimed at them? Um, no. Uh, one of the things about Hertfordshire is that if you look across Hertfordshire, the pattern of consumption of alcohol and the pattern of health problems looks different in every district of Hertfordshire. So there are some bits of Hertfordshire where what we're seeing is middle-aged people being admitted to hospital with liver disease because of nightly, regular drinking of too much alcohol. Um, In other bits of Hertfordshire, you have got young people who will prelude before they go out on the nighttime economy. So so it's not just homeless people... um, uh, it's not just about um, uh, people who you know, maybe can't afford other types of alcohol. It is about a, a large variety of different types of people. And one of the things we're seeing through our drug and alcohol service is actually we're seeing quite a variety of those people come through. The number of people al- accessing our drugs and alcohol service last year went up in Hertfordshire by 26%. Are we not punishing the responsible drinker? Not by removing super strength alcohol, I don't think, no, because you can still get alcohol, you can still get um, quantities of alcohol. Um, we're not restricting choice from, from other types of alcohol, but we've got to face facts that actually super strength alcohol 
does create some major crime disorder and health problems. So I don't see how that's punishing people. It's actually keeping people safe. Jim, I appreciate your time this morning. No doubt we'll talk about this uh, again as this project uh, moves on. Jim McManus, Director of Public Health at Hertfordshire County Council, uh, would like to know your thoughts on that, please. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Papers, did we? Let's do uh, the, the, the other papers. Yes, the, the front page of the Guardian. Maya Angelou, woman of passion, compassion, daring, dies age, uh, age eighty-six. Man up and return to face charges. Kerry tells Snowden. John Kerry, the U.S. Secretary of State, has told Edward Snowden to man up and return to the U- United States to explain his, explain his actions to the American people. I used the phrase "man up" on, on this show uh, last week when we were sp- speaking to the gentleman whose name escapes me who um, had three kids with one partner and three kids with another partner and, and was begrudging having to pay, pay them. And as soon as I said, man up, uh, I, I thought, I, I wish I hadn't said that. And then Jonathan kept playing the blooming thing out throughout his whole show. I, I hate the phrase man up. It's a phrase that doesn't sit... What, what does man up even mean? It's a lazy phrase that, that, that kind of, you know, encourages gender stereotypes, I think. So for, for John Kerry to say it seems a little bit odd. Lib Dem chaos as Cable denies anti-Clegg plot. I think we're all uh, anti-Clegg to a certain extent. Oh, that was, uh, was interesting, wasn't it? Oh. I fell down a hole as I was, uh, was saying that. Oh. You see Richard at the bottom of it? Yeah, Richard, good morning. Hi, Ian. Richard, let me grab my hand. I'll pull you out. Give me a hand. <laughs> right, come, on. come on. Richard. Ah, ah. Ah, and he's out. Richard. Oh. Glad to have got you out of that Stevenage hellhole. Not saying Stevenage is a hellhole, I'm saying it's a hellhole within the boundaries I, of Stevenage. What have you got for us? Can I, can I say that Stevenage is a hellhole? Y- yes. Okay, yeah, Stevenage is a hellhole. Oh, for goodness sake, you heard it there first from Richard in Stevenage. <laughs> it's a hellhole. 08459 455555. But that's not what you've called in for, is it, Richard? No, I have a distant alcohol. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, this is something I can't off the shelves, anything over 5%, is that right? Uh, I think 6.5%. OK, now, I quite enjoy a, uh, a premium lager, like, like you, you get your uh, Belgian or your German beers. Oh. And uh, sometimes they can, they can go up to, you know, even 10%. Yeah, you're right, uh, the, the, foreign, the foreign dirty brown beers. Well, well I wouldn't say they're dirty. Well, they're no, they, nice. they, 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 no, literally, in, in description of their colour, they're quite often quite a muddy brown, aren't they? Yeah, you can get, okay, and they're quite cloudy. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if you're going to take them off the shelf, then you're going to uh, punish the responsible drinker who enjoys a decent beer. Uh, yeah, I wonder how specific this is, whether it does include... I, I would like to think, Richard, it wouldn't include the specialist beers like that, and it will be things like, you know, Diamond White and Tenant Super, which, you know, which... Man alive, I, I, I've drunk, drunk, drunken. I have drank... I drank Tenant Super as a young man. Flipping heck! What a drink! Why would anyone want choose to drink that? They choose to drink it because they want to get walloped really quickly, don't they? Uh, Richard, you're, uh, you, yeah, I do wonder when these kind of... I'll let you go because the line's not great. I, I, I do wonder when these um, self-imposed uh, drinking bans are, are, are brought in, if it is going to punish responsible drinkers. But really, who drinks... You know, I'm sorry to pick on Tenet Super. There are other equally as strong, uh, cheap lagers. But you, you drink those... Because you want to get hammered really, really quickly, don't you? That's the, you're not going to go, guys, 
Guys, uh, to go with this fantastic meal that uh, Deirdre's cooked, I've got something very special. If we go to the fridge, that's right, we've got two cans of Tenant Super Eats. Shall I pour? You know, you, you don't you don't do it as part of a classy night. You do it because your life is a wreck and she has left you and your children won't speak to you anymore and you lost your job and you want to stop feeling for even just a little while. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Beautiful picture I painted there, wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Where's Kels Bells? She's gone to get us a brew. Oh, yeah. The kind that won't leave us feeling like that. <laughs> In that case, she can stay away as long as she wants. Have you ever had to evacuate uh, an evacuation situation? 08459 555. And Justin Daly's put it out there. Uh, I've seen it happen. Has it happened to you? Have you ever witnessed someone uh, falling on a banana skin? Someone on Twitter wants to take it a stage further. Ever trod on a rake and had it smash you in the face? <laughs> Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking rather heavy now on the speed sensors on the Great North Road, heading southbound just before the Black Cat roundabout. In Brickywood, very heavy as well on the North Orbital Road, just off the M at 25. The M25 itself heading anti-clockwise. It's queuing at the moment on the sensors between Junction 19 for Watford and 16, the M40. In Bushy Heath, traffic lights aren't working on the Common. That's at Common Road. And in Boreham Wood, rather slow moving on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Taking a look so far at the trains. Not seeing any reported problems or delays. Everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Half-term shows are weird, aren't they? I feel like we're having to do all the work, guys. Come on, give me something. Give, give me some slack. We'll take your phone calls and uh, we'll talk more about banana skins after the latest news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines. Milton Keynes, man forced to move home. Luton Lib Dem leader calls for Nick Clegg to go. And crossing confusion in Dunstable. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Milton Keynes Council say Chris Hodgkins from Fenny Stratford will be rehoused after he had to call the police more than 20 times. We had a bottle front of the window. It didn't do any damage. Um, then they're standing outside, you know, obviously trying to ask me to come out, which I didn't. I called the police, and sometimes it's taken 37 minutes for the police to turn up on a 999 call. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine the Liberal Democrat leader. Mr Cable has faced questions over controversial opinion polls commissioned by his long-standing friend, Lord Oakeshott. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. The issue is getting people to listen to what you're saying and to believe what you're saying. And, and Nick Clegg has lost the trust of people. Um, and This isn't going to change. That's why I think he should now stand aside. A letter signed by more than 50 leading scientists is asking the World Health Organisation not to regulate electronic cigarettes. The open letter says e-cigarettes should instead be regarded as a significant health innovation. Doctors' leaders say too little is known about the long-term effects. Shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the County Council. Binge drinking-related issues costs the Hertfordshire economy over £400 million a year. Jim McMahon 
McManus is Director of Public Health. There are some bits of Hertfordshire where what we're seeing is middle-aged people being admitted to hospital with liver disease because of nightly regular drinking of too much alcohol. Um, in other bits of Hertfordshire, you have got young people who will prelude before they go out. So it's not just homeless people, people who you know, maybe can't afford other types of alcohol. People in Dunstable claim a new courtesy crossing in the town is too dangerous. Central Bedfordshire Council admit they need to do more to increase people's confidence in crossing on Court Drive next to Asda, but say it has reduced speeds and injury accidents. Locals say the layout is confusing for motorists and pedestrians. The, the, the people of Dunstable are paying for these facilities of the roads. The council's not listening to them at all, not listening to one iota. You take your life in your own hands. If you don't, if you don't just go for it, you'll spend hours waiting for anybody to stop. I've seen him go down here at 50 miles an hour. Seriously? Yes. In sport, Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years. The weather cloudy with rain this morning with a mixture of sunshine and showers this afternoon. A maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I think it's a great place to live, personally. It's got a lot of things for people growing up. And all this week, we're featuring Dunstable. Best part of Dunstable, Priory Church. It's just full of history and I love it. Dunstable Downs, which attracted us to come here. It's all about where you live. It's a lovely town, it's got a great history. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glossop has made us all cakes in uh, a vain attempt to bribe us into giving her a paid job here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, Kathy, what did did you say? She's hired! (laughs) You've got the whole cake in your mouth. I think she said she's hired. Yeah, I I think it's going to take a little bit more. I think it's going to take, I don't know, more cakes. More cakes. Um, look at the state of her. Look, look at the state of her. Kathy can't even hear you. She tried to put her headphones on with a hold it while. It I'm really on. is very delicious. Okay. People love it when we eat there, don't they? Mm. I don't. Sorry, if they had a cake like this, they'd be eating it too. They would be eating it too. Does it taste nice, Kath? Oh no. <laughs> Lots to talk about this morning, including when has Alice Glossop ever made you cakes? No, hang on, that's not it at all. Ever slipped on a banana skin? Ever been involved in an evacuation situation? And famous hankies, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Arthur's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Arthur. Good morning. What would you like to say, sir? Um, reference banana skins. Yes, reference accepted. Continue. Right, OK. Very quick. Try and make it as quick as I can. Um, I was refurbishing a Triumph Spitfire sports car. Yeah. OK, yeah. Um, I used to do a night shift, so one morning I'd do all my little jobs and I'd go out in the garage and have a tinker, as you do. Yes, we all like to have um, a nice little tinker in the garage. Have a good tinker. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it needed a new throttle cable. Yeah, a bit of a, um, you know what, to get to. Yeah. Pain. Every time I tried to connect it, it 
Listeners uh, are somehow related to Laurel and Hardy. (laughs) This wasn't in a big round uh, tent, was it, with loads of sawdust on the floor and you had a big red nose on? No, Jonathan. No, it it wasn't. Jonathan? Oh, sorry, have I got the wrong... (laughs) 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 I normally normally talk to a higher class sort of presenter, you know. You are, you are very, very welcome. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honour to be mistaken uh, for Jonathan Ross, I'm assuming he's talking about. I don't know any other Jonathans. Thank you, Arthur, you clown. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, an ex-firefighter from Milton Keynes says a decision to release his attacker back into his neighbourhood is making his life unbearable. Chris Hodgkins was left with a fractured skull and 37 stitches after being assaulted. The man who did it was jailed for 12 months but released him five. Well, now Chris says he's being intimidated by him and his friends. We asked Thames Valley Police and Crime Commissioner Anthony Stansfelt to come on the programme, but he refused, saying he didn't have enough information on the case, despite us offering to give him some information on the case that his police officers were looking into. Councillor Peter Geary is the community's portfolio holder at Milton Keynes Council. Good morning to you, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Uh, the councillor has agreed to rehome Mr Hodgkins. How quickly can that process happen? Uh, it, it, it's a process that take, takes a while, rehoming. Sometimes it can happen immediately. It depends whether there's suitable properties and in the right location um, that's there. But uh, the council team will be will be will be looking at that pretty pretty much immediately and working very hard, I think, to try and find us. I can't remember the exact phrase, and, and hopefully this will ring a bell with you. He said he was something like a code two or something. What does that mean? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there's various different bandings that are put forward depending depending on the urgency of need. Um, he and, said basically uh, he was told that he, he, the council wouldn't find him a place. He had to go and find his own private place. Well, I don't know. I mean, and that's something, that's something I have to look to. I don't know the details of this case. I was only contacted very late yesterday evening. I didn't have a chance to to contact um, the council to find to find out what what the, what the issues are uh, relate, relating to his case. But um, that you know, if you've got people who are who are in urgent need of housing need, um, then then um, then the council will work to try to find you places uh, where you can go. Of course, that doesn't stop people from going out and looking to find their own places. Well, the the the, 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 the what he's been told is he has to find his own place, and yet he's well, that he's going to get another kicking. Doesn't sound appropriate, does it? Surely the, he should be a priority, shouldn't he? I would have thought so. Peter, do you know anything about this story at all? No, no. You're, thanks you're, you're, thanks you're... very much for, for coming on. Councillor Peter Geary there, the community's portfolio holder at Milton Keynes Council. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) 
Right, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, the Daily Telegraph, cable in Lib Dem leadership bids. Business secretary implicated in shambolic coup to oust Clegg as party digests wipeout in local and European elections. That's the Daily Telegraph. They've got their guns out for him, haven't they? They're not keen to have him at all, are they? Um, And there's a picture of some old men using a computer. There, with the 70th anniversary of D-Day approaching, Chelsea pensioners are joining the internet age. Wi-Fi is being installed throughout the Royal Hospital Chelsea. Uh, And there's this story, I don't quite get this story. Believe it or not, cynicism triples risk of dementia. Cynics are three times more likely to develop dementia than those who faith in humanity, a study has shown. Believing that others are motivated by selfishness or that they lie to get what they want appears to, be ra- to, appears to radically increase the risk of cognitive decline. in late... Well, I'm screwed in that case. I'm cynical about everything. I'm cynical about absolutely everything. A mortgage chief predicts cooling of house prices. The front page of the Times is a picture of a queen. What's she doing? She's inspecting... What's she doing? She's at Buckingham Palace Garden Party for the Household Cavalry. She's presented the regiment with a new standard earlier in the day after inspecting soldiers when she was driven in a Bentley in heavy rain. And here's something to be proud of, dear listener. Here's something to be proud of. British girls become the fattest in Europe. Big companies under pressure to cut the price of healthy food. British girls are the fattest in Europe, a landmark study has found. The UK has had one of the fastest rises in obesity among developed nations since 1980 and ranks among the lowest 40 countries in the world, according to the largest and most comprehensive study into global weight problems conducted. Well, there we go. That's something to be proud of. We got fat girls. We got fat girls. A co-named frontrunner for Drubble BBC Trust. Really? Lord Co is the frontrunner to take over as chairman of the BBC Trust. Who do, who do I hand my notice into? The former middle-distance athlete who won four Olympic medals and masterminded London's 2012 Olympic Games is understood to have the firm support of the Prime Minister... Oh, dearie me. What, is he, let me, what, what, does, what does Seb Co know about? He knows about... Oh, yeah, running. He knows about running in the 80s. Joyce is in Leegrave. Morning, Joyce. Good morning. Joyce, what would you like to say? Well, my gentleman who helps me with the garden sometimes, oh, he yeah. said that banana skins are good around the rose trees. Is, is that a euphemism? In, a euphemism. He said that, it, I forget what mineral he said was in it. but it's Potassium. Good, it, yes, it's yes. good for the roses. And um, while I was taking the liberty of being on the radio, could you kindly ask anybody, please, how to get rid of fairy rings on your lawn? What? Fairy rings. What on earth is a fairy (laughs) ring? (laughs) Have you never seen those? I don't know what a fairy ring is. Okay, it's a big, big dark circle in your middle of your lawn or whatever on your lawn. And when you go out to look at it, you say, what's that on my lawn? And it's huge, about sort of a metre and a half wide. And it is little toadstools. And it grows, and we always call them fairy rings. And when I went up to a, uh, a little garden shop yes. at Sundon, yes. uh, three little old chaps there smoking. You know the way you do, don't you? I, I think so. Yeah. Into the realm of fantasy. The, yeah. Sex around the waist and things like that, you know. And I said, oh, while well, my daughter's sorting uh, what she wants out, I wonder, do you know what would get rid of fairy rings, please? 
And uh, the only one suggestion I got from this other man in the corner, looking under his eyebrows, as you do, and he said, uh, try washing up liquid oh. and water. So I said, oh, what sort then? What? Yes. Fairy liquid. <laughs> Did you get fun? Fairy liquid. I can see you smiling from here, Ian, and your wicked eyes are shining. But I really laughed at his quick humour, and, and I appreciated that day. It was good. So, Fairy Rings, if any listeners, please... Uh, uh, I've got no idea. <laughs> Joyce, you're absolutely bonkers. Thank you. Ian and Stevenage, any idea what she was talking about? I haven't a clue, mate. I haven't a clue. I've never um, seen a fairy's ring. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Neither have I, thank God. Go on, um, what have you got? Well, I just, you, you seem to have to be filling now for a few minutes. You've got a few minutes there, so I thought I'd give you a call just to get something on the podcast, because that bloke that didn't know what he was talking about. Well, in fairness to him, I may have jumped to the wrong conclusion. I think he was booked to talk about something slightly different, so uh, apologies to him if, if he, we got off on the wrong foot there. But th- that may have been, in fact, it was my fault, so I'm sorry about that. Okay, uh, how many minutes do you need to fill? We got, we've got about 50 seconds. Hey, I'm also, I, um, I once tripped over an you were jumped over a what? An apple? An apple, but there, was, there were no injuries or anything like that. Um, that's, that's about it, really. Okay, well, Ian, that's great because you, you, we've only been left with 35 seconds to fill now, so that that's wonderful. So we really are getting very, very close to filling the whole uh, the, the whole thing there, which is very exciting. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yes, apologies to Peter Geary, I may have got the wrong end of the stick there. As hey, guess what? Even I do occasionally. So um, no hard feelings there. Let's go out for a latte at some point. Let's go out for a latte, and uh, I'll even buy you a cinnamon bun as well. How's about them apples? It's eight fifteen. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading clockwise as the lane closed at the moment on the entry slip road. That's at junction 23 for the A1M. Take a look in Boreham Wood, rather heavy on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And in Bushy Heath, the traffic light's still not working on the Common, just at Common Road. And in Brickett Wood, very heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. The M25 itself queuing at the moment, heading anti-clockwise between junction 19 for Watford and junction 16, the M40. No report problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. It's 8.16. It's, uh, where are we now? Thursday. Oh, yes, the 29th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. And shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the County Council. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. Gardeners wanting to rid their spring flower beds of snails can ditch the beer traps and eggshells and instead develop a strong throwing arm instead. Weekdays from three. I don't think there's any ethical dilemma about throwing them as opposed to killing them. It's clearly better to throw them. Hertfordshire police are warning drivers to take extra precautions with their vehicles following a rise in the number of cars stolen using specialised hacking equipment. Two thirds of teachers say poor writing has prevented them giving the marks a student truly deserves. Roberto Peroni. 
I do the animal stories. I also do the space stories, apparently. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Weird things are happening here. You've told me an uncomfortable story about a tomfoolery. Well, it was a boy at school who who, who limped back on his chair. His chair slipped under him, bit his tongue off. Wow. Awful. Isn't that horrific? Yeah, it was awful. But then I'm... Then... I said, have you told me that story before? You said no. And I said, uh, I'm having deja vu. And, and me saying I'm having deja vu was part of the deja vu. Gosh. It's almost like we've all been here before. Wowzers. It's deja vu all over again, guys. That's, that's uh, made me slightly uncomfortable, although it's easily explained. It's a little electric shock in the brain that joins the memory with the present. That's what you think. Is that what it is? I reckon so, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that's what deja vu is. Thanks, Dr. E. Pleasure, Jay. Now, what have you got on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning at nine, we're discussing the Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg. Oh, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, I thought you might have done. Uh, he's all over the front pages of today's papers. Yep. Do you think the Lib Dems would be better off without Nick Clegg? That's the question I'm going to be asking from nine this morning. Liberal Democrat peer Lord Oakeshott has quit the party as he fears the Lib Dems are heading for disaster under Nick Clegg. He's told journalists the party has lost its roots, principles and values. His decision to leave the party came after it emerged. He personally commissioned polls suggesting the party would do better without Mr Clegg. And he told the BBC, we must change the leader to give Liberal Democrat MPs their best chance to win at 2015. Well, this morning from nine, I want your views on this. Do you think the Lib Dems would be better off without Nick Clegg? 08459 455 555. Whether you are a Liberal Democrat supporter at the moment, Mm. you voted Liberal Democrat at the last election, but perhaps might think twice about doing it at the next one. I want your views. Would it make any difference to you whether Nick Clegg was replaced with someone else? And frankly, who would they replace him with? Well, Cable... Is the only person he has too much ear hair. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, he does. I can't. He? Whenever he talks, I can't yep. concentrate on anything he's saying because I just keep thinking, why does no one tell him to trim his ears? The thing is, he can't do it now because we'd all know. And, and the next speech he gave, we'd all be going, "Oh, look at his ears! He's trimmed them. Didn't they look better? He's taking years off his ears." It's like the Amazon rainforest is coming from his ears. Yeah. Well, so you're he saying may he- well be a very intelligent man. But someone needs to tell him to sort his ears out. I mean, for goodness sake, he's in the public eye. Wow. Gosh, that's harsh. Well, we all recognise... I mean, I have to now trim my nose. Because I... Well, it sprouts. Do you um, have a trimmer? or how do, What's your technique? Because my t- I, I have a nasal trimmer. No, 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 really? I have a proper nasal trimmer. I have to get right up there. Oh, yeah. but you need some... Where, where is this coming from and where is it going? You need some nasal hair to um, protect... To stop bacteria getting into your body. Yeah, but there's plenty of hairs further on up. You don't need them actually sprouting out of your nostrils or right. out of your, your ears. Wowzers. And, uh, you know, I really don't understand how any self-respecting man in the public eye can allow his ears to sprout like that. So what the question is, should Vince Cable shave his ears? Have I got that right? No. Ah. Do you think the Lib Dems would be better off without Nick Clegg? Ah, we'll debate it. it on 08459 455 555 at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us uh, a call, you're more than welcome to. Lots that we're talking about this morning, um, including ever been involved in an, in an evacuation situation, uh, ever slipped on a banana skin. I know, I know, that was one of Dealey's. 
And mine, which I genuinely think is great, is uh, Famous Handkerchiefs. Famous Handkerchiefs. It started off with um, the Bat Out of Hell Man, the meatloaf. Uh, we've got the railway children waving their handkerchiefs. We've got the Gumbies. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, things. The Gumbies, of course, were the Monty Python people. You know, they are... My brain hurts. was them. 08459 455 555. Now, this week, the uh, big tour lands in Dunstable where uh, people are still struggling to get to grips with the not-so-new road layout. Court Drive has been modified to include courtesy crossings, which basically mean motorists should spot pedestrians. See the look in their eye that says, I'd like to cross here, please, mister, and then apply the brakes to give way. Except... They don't, apparently. There have been several accidents there, including one involving a four-year-old girl. Justin Dealey has been speaking to people in Court Drive. If, it, if anything, it's got worse. I've, I've actually spoke to the, the council people when they were doing a survey. I said to them one day that there was a child knocked over at this roundabout because of the road markings. Uh, the child went to the hospital. This, the same week, there was three accidents. And uh, the, the guy from me said... They're obviously not using the road properly. How did that make you feel? Made my blood boil because, you know, the, the, the people have done some pain for these facilities of the roads. The council's not listening to them at all. Not listening to one iota. I don't think it's particularly dangerous. I've not had any problems with it at all. No, I've, uh, you know, the cars do tend to stop for me when I'm, when I'm going across. So I, I think, I'm not sure it was worth the expense of mm. doing it in the first place, but I don't see any problem with it now. Well, Peter Good is one of those who doesn't like it. Good morning, Peter. Morning. Peter, what's, your, what's the problem? Well, people just don't stop. They don't stop when you cross over the road. Well, they haven't stopped for me either. Mm. And I'm in a scooter. I use a scooter to get across, and they don't stop. So, so what happens? You, you, just, you just sit there kind of waiting, do you? Well, you just sit there and wait, and then uh, you take your life in your own hands to get across the road. So. Central Bedfordshire Council says it is aware of the problems and is looking to improve things further. What do you think about that? I don't think an awful lot about it. They won't do nothing, will they? Won't do much. And are there other people in, in similar situations facing the same problems? Well, I assume so, yeah. I would think there would be. You've just got to find them. <laughs> and it's not just the, pro- the crossing, is it? It's uh, that you have problems with getting down the pavements. I do, yeah, because... There's not that many drop curbs, and you have to go out your way to um, get down a curb quite a distance out your way sometimes. What would you like to see done, Peter? I would like to see more drop curbs, and for people to stop, really, because they don't stop when you're crossing that courtesy crossing, because Dunstable's not courteous, is it? Well, I don't think they are anyway. What, what do we need to have there? Do we need a zebra crossing, a pelican crossing? What, what, what should we have? Uh, a zebra crossing would be better, I think, because, uh, I mean, loads of times I've tried to cross it and you just don't get across. Peter, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Peter Good, who uh, it, it doesn't like the crossing there. If you are aware of the crossing uh, and you have seen problems with it, then give me a call, 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh. 
555 is the uh, phone number if you want to give me a call. That's the telephone number that has got Pamela in touch with us. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning. Pamela, what would you like to say? Well, I've had to evacuate the Ideal Home exhibition. Oh, blimey, why? I guess it wasn't so ideal. What happened? Well, the bomb went off upstairs in the food hall. Was there a bomb at the Ideal Home exhibition? Yes. When was that? Um, oh, about... 40 years ago, oh, when the IRA were bombing. Oh, OK. Well, gosh, that must... Were you in the building as the bomb went off? Yes. That Looking must have... at gas stoves. Oh, but they, well, there you go. There's a memory. That must have been absolutely terrifying. No. I'm a, I was brought up during the war, so yeah. I was used to bombs and things. No, I didn't find it terrifying at all. Was, was anybody panicking, or was it quite a calm it situation? Was, it was uncanny... How it went silent after the bomb went off. Yeah. Everybody realised what it was. And it was absolute silence. It was uncanny. And then the speaker came after about five minutes. But the chap on the stand, he was absolutely fine. Did he carry on doing his display? No. No, good for him. He walked round and looked in all the ovens. Wow. Expected another bomb. Wow, that's brave. (laughs) Yes, wasn't it? And there was only one chap that started to run, and he put his hand out to him and he said, where are you running to? Because you had no idea where the bomb had yeah. gone off, and you might be running into it. Yeah. And we just stood there until the announcement came to evacuate the building. It was a bit chaotic outside. Yeah, I bet. Because there were no mobile phones in those times, and my husband was outside waiting to come in. So we didn't know whether he was involved or not. Until we phoned home. Gosh. So that that was the most terrifying part. Yeah, it knowing. must have been, not knowing if he was all right or not. Yes, that's right. But everyone that you were with was fine and dandy, were they? Yes, I was with my son. He was, he was fine. There were a couple of people upstairs in the food hall that were killed. But Yeah. Yes. Well, Pamela, thank you very much indeed. There you go. You see, you throw these things out on a whim and you get a story like that. I wasn't aware of a bomb at the Ideal Home exhibition. 40 years ago, I was, um, oh, I was like 10 months old. How, how could you be calm in a situation like that? Everybody freezing and the, the demonstrator looking in the ovens to see if there are any more bombs. Gosh. Have you ever been involved in an evacuation situation? 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call about that. And, and coming up, don't worry, we'll continue the conversation uh, about banana skins. We, Justin Dealey has come up with what he thinks is, is phone in gold. Let's just say it's not technically lit, lit the, the phones alight. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but... We've had a couple... It's a fair go. It's a fair... It, what, what I've noticed is, uh, during half-terms, people don't phone in. No. Which is which is, is fair enough. We've put out gold this week as well. We've put out gold I know, this week. they missed it. They missed the gold, guys. You, you, you're off having holidays with your families and stuff, and you've, you've missed uh, the gold that we've been delivering to your ears every single morning this week, apart from Monday. 08459 555 is the phone number. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Nicola. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Great North Road looking rather slow on the speed sensors, heading southbound just before the Black Hat roundabout. The M25 heading clockwise as a lane closed on the entry slip road. That's just junction 23 for the A1M and because of an accident that happened a little earlier. Traffic lights aren't working still in Bushy Heath. That's on the Common at Common Road. And taking a look in North Watford, North Western Avenue is looking rather slow heading northbound at St Albans Road. And taking a look so far, the trains, everything seems to be running well, not getting any reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. Last 30 minutes of the show before JVS at nine. If you want to give us a call now, is an excellent time to do it. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Milton Keynes man is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. Sources close to Nick Clegg say they're convinced the business secretary, Vince Cable, was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Liberal Democrat leader, David Frank, says Mr Clegg should go. And shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the county council. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Malcolm Glazer, the billionaire who led the controversial takeover of Manchester United in 2005, has died at the age of 86. His sons have been in charge of the day-to-day running of the club for several years. Manchester United say the club's thoughts are with the Glazer family. Luton Town strikers Andre Gray and Mark Cullen have taken to Twitter to express their disappointment that Captain Ronnie Henry is leaving the club. Henry will leave after rejecting a new contract offer. The Hatters are expected to confirm his departure today. And Watford to Kechiania played for Scotland in Last night's two-all draw with Nigeria at Fulham's Craven Cottage. Andy Murray plays his second round match at the French Open today. The British number one takes on the Australian Marinko Matosovic. Heather Watson is also in action as Russell Fuller reports. Marinko Matosovic rolled over and over on the clay from the baseline to the service line to celebrate finally winning a Grand Slam match at the 13th attempt on Tuesday. The temperamental world number 66 is already 28 years of age and has been known to publicly rebuke coach Mark Woodford for not supporting him vociferously enough. While Murray starts a strong favourite, Watson is up against the fourth seed, Simona Halep. The British number two played very well to take a set off the Romanian when they met at the US Open last August. She's improved a lot since then, but so too has Halep, a decent outside bet for the title. And England's cricketers thrashed Sri Lanka by ten wickets in the third one-day international at Old Trafford. Chris Jordan took five wickets to help dismiss the tourists for just 67. England are now 2-1 up in the five-match series with the fourth game at Lords on Saturday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Replying to uh, a, a tweet here from uh, where's it gone? I don't like the way Twitter is is let, laid out at the moment. Someone's very upset, saying, "Are you trying to emulate down the line? Jovial is fun, but your your uh, your dialogue, your talking is inane." Switching off until hashtag JVC. Hashtag JVC. I think, Mummy to Dougie, you mean. Hashtag JVS. Hope helps. There we go. I don't understand the new Twitter. 
I can't. How do I send a message to someone? Have you seen it? Yeah, I tried to reply to someone, then I couldn't find the bit where you um, ping it out. I can't find the bit to ping it out. That's insane. Why would they do that? Kelly's young. When, when Kelly's finished on the phone, well, she'll know how to do this, uh, this nonsense. I can't find the bit to ping the message out. Because if you press enter, it doesn't yeah, ping. You just get an extra space. Because I've already not replied. Kelly, you're, you're, you're young. Hello. How do I ping out the message on Twitter? What do you mean, ping out? You know, but you want to ping out the message. Do you mean send? Why not? All right, they, fine. They've changed, they've changed Twitter. I've been replying to um, Matt Allwright from Rogue Traders all morning. He's got none of them because it doesn't ping out. What are you saying? I want to ping out a so message to, reply. to a lady. You want to reply a message? Yeah, I want to ping it out to a lady who's been rude about me. Caroline Kelly, what on earth is going on? Are you emulating down the line, Jovial is good, but your chatter is a name, will be switching off till hashtag JVC. I want to ping out her... I want... I want to ping her a message. OK. So but, click home on Twitter. Yeah. Top left-hand corner. Yeah. yeah do that. I've done that. Yeah, and then go to compose new tweet. I don't want to... Com- reply. I oh. want to reply. Then click on the message. It doesn't work like that. Do you want me to come in there? No, I do not. Do you, though? No, I've, I've done it. I've, I've written it as a new message. I want to come in. No, I don't want you to come in. I actually don't... I forbid you... I forbid you to come in. She's coming in. Quick. I forbid... I forbid get, get against the door. I've forbidden her to come in. Anyway, I don't know what she's talking about, inane chatter. No, this is... I mean, this now is inane, yes, but that's her fault. Look what you've done. This one. Yeah, I want to reply to that. Oh, you've got to go to full profile by looks of it. Oh, right, so then you type in a message, right, then how do I send that message to her? Let go, wait until... Right, go away balcony shirts, for goodness sakes. Now, then there's nowhere... Then tweet. What's your problem? Yeah, yeah, she's got a good point, actually. Will you show me? It's really straightforward. Thanks very much for that, Kels. I'm really glad you forced your way in. (laughs) Ben's on the line. Morning, Ben. Oh, morning, morning, morning. Morning, Ben. What would you like to say? Um, yeah, it's just um, evacuate stories as well. Um, yeah, go on. My, my wife was just saying to Kelly, um, I used to live in Thailand, and um, I was there when had the old tsunami. Oh, really? Yeah. What was so, that like? Yeah, a bit mental. Yeah, um, a bit mental. <laughs> I, was, I was in my house, it was, it was Boxing Day, and I was like proper really hungover, as, as you are. Um, Good lad. And a, a French bloke was banging on my door. So I woke up, and I was like, what's going on? And he's going, big wave come, big wave come. And I was thinking, like, I'd never known what a tsunami was, to be honest. No. And I, was, I had a vision in my head of these 100-foot waves, like you see on surfing and stuff and that. And um, Oh, yeah, you thought it would probably... be a laugh. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I was, oh. I was thinking, like, a massive, huge 100-foot wave's going to come right. and engulf you, kind yeah. of thing. So, like, on the motorbike, me and the missus, and got out onto the main road, and oh, it was just mayhem, and we... It was lucky we had like a massive mountain behind us, so everyone's trying to get up this mountain. Ended up having to stay up there for about three nights. Um, Blimey. Yeah. That must have been, was, it, was, that, was that terrifying or was it so, uh, and I use the word exciting, not to be patronising, but you know, the, 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 <laughs> was there such an adrenaline rush that you, you kind of didn't have time to be scared? Yeah, yeah, to be honest, yeah. I mean, when we got up there and you looked out to sea, um, it was like nothing, there, there was no sea. The, the sea wasn't there anymore. Um, it was just sand. Wow. And it was like, what's going on? Um, and because obviously you never experienced anything like that. No. And then the, the sea just slowly comes back. And people, even I, um, people went down the mountain to try and go back to the beach to see kind of what's going on. And then, oh, it's coming again. 
and everyone panics and everyone's legging it back up. Wow, it's like the opening titles to the monkeys, but slightly more serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and has it affected you since, Ben? I mean, are, are you? Did it take a while to adjust to being part of that? Um, quite well, not really. I mean, it, it stopped because I, I was asleep, um, and it stopped about fifty yards before wow. my house. Yeah. So, like, I was very, very lucky. Ben, thank you very much indeed. My friend Charlie was in the, was swimming in the sea when the tsunami hit. They were swimming in the sea. If I remember this this right. It's an amazing story. He was swimming in the sea and his girlfriend and a couple of friends were on a boat and they got separated and they didn't find each other for days. And he said that he got washed up on the beach and he thought, what are all these people sleeping on the beach for? They were dead. Wow. Amazing. And he's just a normal bloke and he was part of that. Incredible. Incredible. 08459. Thank you, Ben. Got a cracking story. 08459 455 555. Steve's in Red Bull. Morning, Steve. Morning, mate. That was good, wasn't it? Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Can, can, uh, you, can, you, go, can you beat that? No, I don't think so. I think famous Kleenex is Sammy Davis Jr. What did he do? Oh, he, he did. He was, he was quite a sweaty man, wasn't he? Yeah, it's only little. That's why it was small, wasn't it? I suppose. I suppose. I suppose small men do sweat more than normal sized men. I suppose so. Yeah. They, they, they've got the, exactly the same amount of fluids in them, uh, so it's got to come out, and it, it comes out through foreheads and and uh, uh, other orifices. And, um, and what about Lee Evans? Is why he sweats. Oh, he's, that is disgusting. He should get something done about. Because if you get Botox, that stops you sweating, doesn't it? I've got, I've got no idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. sweat a lot. I don't do enough work to sweat. You're not a sweater. I, <laughs> I do, do you know, I don't get this so much. I used to, my right armpit used to sweat like nobody's business. Constantly dripping wet. It was like a tap. Left one, bone dry. The right one, it was awful. <laughs> I had a friend who had very, very sweaty hands, and apparently they can snip something in your armpit that um, <gasps> that stops your hands being so sweaty. Snip something in your armpit? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Why not just wear toweling gloves? You know you were talking about being evacuated? Yes. Um, we were sent to the pictures. When I went to school once in a blue moon, yeah. uh, they took us down to pictures to see one of these William Shakespeare films like. Oh, blimey. He was a rubbish and director. It, 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 it was so boring. They wouldn't even let him buy sweets before he went in there. Oh, man. And... Um, we went out to use the toilet and we rang 999 up and told them there was a bomb in, the, in there. Oh, no! St- how old were you? Oh, about 13, 14. Well, naughty, and, naughty. <laughs> and uh, they evacuated us out of the thing and we went back in. Instead of going in to see the William Shakespeare film, like, um, we went in and watched um, uh, another film. Please tell me it was Emmanuel. Uh, no, it wasn't quite that. It was, um, oh, I've got to think there, Eskimo Nell. <laughs> hey! That's just as good, isn't it? That's just... We don't... By the way, because here at the BBC, we do not condone people making uh, fake bomb threats to get out of watching Shakespeare films. Or poor, and I quote, erotic movies. No, we, we, we don't like the poor erotic movies. Justin Dealey! Oh, hang on, Justin! Oh, just we've lost, we've lost Justin. Justin, 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 he's gone. It's a shame. Justin! Morning, boss. Oh, what a we... dreadful man, but fair play. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> if you put garlic in your shoes, you yes. sweat garlic juice out of your armpits. Oh, Is that true? beautiful. That's the same thing as your Vicks on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Vicks on the soles of your feet, you'll be breathing easily all night. I don't believe that for true. a second. I, I think I tried that and it didn't work. Why are you pointing to your chest, Kelly? Put it on your chest. Yeah, that's why. 
No, but that rubs off. If you put it on your feet and then put socks over the top, you're there for the night. No, the thing is, you get stains on the socks. I've got a T-shirt, a Sparks T-shirt. I love. I can't wear it now because there is because um, this T-shirt ain't big enough for the both of us. No, because there is a Vicks stain on it. Yeah. So to avoid that, you do it in your socks. I don't. No want one's going to look at the interior of your I socks. I do do it in my socks. Would you like to know what I do? <laughs> you pop it. You put. You put it on tissue, and then you put that on your chest on the tissue, and then you lay it with it on. Or you wow. can, or you it's, can... a, it's a very elaborate. It's a very elaborate technique, isn't it, for just trying to breathe? Justin, yes, boss. Banana, 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 nuts. Yes, um, I think our listeners will agree that I'm normally a serious news broadcaster uh, for your program. Sorry, but uh, yes, uh, but uh, this morning you were looking for uh, funny content for your podcast. You were saying earlier on that uh, there's not enough funny content yeah. from this week's program. We, we were a bit slack this week. We have yeah. we've not done enough. Well, Ian, I've given you gold this morning. Have you ever slipped on a banana skin, or does this only happen in cartoons? You've had some good, some good calls this morning. Agreed. Well, yeah, yeah, Richard after 8 o'clock? Well, I don't, I don't know if I class it as good. I heard it was good. I'll probably class that as 9 out of 10. OK. Um, just to warn people, I've been out and about in Luton this morning, and uh, whilst talking about this, uh, people have said to me, do you know what, it's funny you should say this, because in the last week or so, uh, they have noticed more banana skins on the streets than ever before. Uh, in particular, London Road and Ashton Road. People saying to me, it is disgusting. If you're going to be having a banana, just clear up after yourselves. So this morning, in, I've been asking people, have you ever slipped on a banana skin? Remarkably, we've got some stories coming up here, starting with a lady who slipped on a skin when she was just 10 years old. Oh, I was walking home from school and the child in front of me threw it down and I slipped on it, onto my bottom. Was it a painful experience? Very, very. Couldn't sit down for a week. Well, these banana stories are coming from everywhere. Sir, what happened to you? It was just an ordinary day. You know, we're busy eating. And your friend throw one, and next thing we run in and whoop. How bad were your injuries? It wasn't an injury, just a tumble. It's not like over here when you slip on the on the pavement, it's a heavy drop. So you weren't bruised or anything like that? Oh yeah, just the ordinary kid bruise, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, and where was this? You say not here, so, so where did it happen? In Jamaica. Is there a major problem in Jamaica with, with banana skins on the floor? Nah. <laughs> it was a one-off, and you were the unfortunate man. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> Madam, there's an alarm going off in the background, but uh, you have slipped on a banana. What happened? When was this? Probably about a year ago. What, here in Luton? Yes. I mean, we're getting reports this morning of um, increased numbers of banana skins on the floor. Just like there, we, we can see one right now. Yeah. Have you noticed this? I wouldn't just say necessarily banana skins. I think it's rubbish in general. Mm. I think bananas just come into that. So what, were you on the way to work last year? Or? Yes. And how badly did you fall? <laughs> just fell backwards. Were you aching for days afterwards? A couple hours, maybe. Yeah. And when you went into work and you said, guys, I've had I mean, a fall, he's really I've slipped on a banana skin, Yeah. what did they say to you? They laughed. I mean, you, uh, yeah, you were really pushing that lady to give you what she didn't have, and, and that was an interesting story. Were you, uh, all right, doll, were you uh, in, in, out of action for days? A couple of hours. And when you uh, went to uh, work the next day and told them you'd uh, slipped on a banana skin, what did they do? They laughed. Yeah, and how did that make you feel as a person, my lovely? OK. Yeah, you, do you know what I mean, Just? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, but, do uh, you? In saying that, I've come up with the goods. What more do you want? Well, I don't, I've, no, listen, no. I've gone out onto the streets. No. I found no. you three people no. in one hour who have slipped on banana skins. Yeah. How many calls have you got? I, I, Two? Hang on a minute. I didn't, it wasn't my idea to do it as a phone in anyway. I, it was your you idea. I've given you gold this morning. It was... No. <laughs> I don't... 
Listen, I've given you local stories and international stories in one package. Come on. It was... It, well, fair play. I'll give you that. Yeah, yes, that's, thank you. Okay, thank okay. You. That, yes. that, 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 that's true. But it was your idea to come up with it, so don't criticise me yeah. for there not being very many phone calls about it. Yeah, but you said, OK, let's go with this. Now, that says to me that you like the idea. No, it's... And you think you can come up with the goods. What is... No, how is he turning... Catherine, back me up. How is he turning this on me? This is entirely him, yeah? Um, he's got a fair point. Yes. What, what point is fair? You know, he goes out, he does his magic. You question his methods. Yeah, he's it, a maverick. <laughs> What's your beef? No, exactly, what is your what beef? What is your beef? The beef is, he came up with something that I didn't think was adequate. I had no well, choice. you ran with it on your programme, yeah. Oh, Why okay. are you trying to clip his wings? So have I got... St- you stop it. Why are you trying to steal his shine? Stop it, you. So have I got the power to veto your things from now on? Well, yes, you have. Right, fine. Well, I, I veto whatever it is you're going to do tomorrow. Oh, it's gold tomorrow. What is it's it? really special. What no, I'm not going to tell you now. I, be- I bet it's rubbish and I-, I ban it. No, you've missed out now. Good. I'll give it to uh, Nick Coffer. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading clockwise as the lane closed on the entry slip road because of an accident at Junction 23 for the A1M. In Brickettwood, rather heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, queuing at the moment between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16, the M40. And taking a look in Borehamwood, very heavy at the moment on the Barnet Bypass between Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. So far, taking a look at the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Thank Radio. You very much indeed. It's 8.45, it's uh, Thursday the 29th of May, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Clegg says Business Secretary Vince Cable was not involved in a plot to undermine him. Luton's Lib Dem leader David Frank says Mr Clegg should go, but speaking on the BBC this morning, the Deputy Prime Minister vowed to continue. A former firefighter from Milton Keynes says he is being forced to move home after a neighbour convicted of attacking him continued harassment and threats after being released from prison. And shops in Hertfordshire may stop selling super-strength alcohol under new plans being drawn up by the County Council. Last 15 minutes of the show, if you want to give us a call, now is the best time to do it, 08459 455555. Maybe we'll speak after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bit of a cloudy start to the day, some drizzle in places too. It does brighten up a little later on though, so hopefully we'll have some sunny spells in between these showers we're expecting. Now they could be fairly slow moving at times, uh, perhaps uh, fairly heavy too, perhaps even with some hail and thunder, but gradually drying out as we head towards this evening. So today we're looking at temperatures reaching about 17 or 18 degrees Celsius in any sunshine. Tonight a fairly cloudy night, largely dry, we may just have a couple of showers here and there, with temperatures down to 11 or 12 degrees, so quite uh, mild again. Tomorrow, a fairly cloudy day, perhaps uh, a bit of a foggy start for some. It does brighten up somewhat later on, although we do hold on to that cloud for, for most of the day. It doesn't really start to shift until the evening and we'll have temperatures up to 16 or 17 degrees Celsius. On Saturday, a largely dry and bright day. Some uh, light, isolated showers still around, but uh, it should be largely dry for most of us and the odd sunny spell too. On Sunday, probably dry through the day, but clouds over later on and so any sunshine is likely to be quite hazy and then we have rain pushing through in the night and a drizzly start to next week that's your latest forecast 
It's been referred to as the Woodstock of the Mind. And from now until the 1st of June, the BBC brings you unprecedented coverage of the Hay Festival of Literature and the Arts. You could look at it as a bunch of mates hanging out in a field talking about poetry, music and swapping great stories. Or the place where writers, performers and thinkers come together to inspire, delight and entertain. From Michael Rosen and Jennifer Saunders to Alfred Brendel and Stephen Fry. The BBC at the Hay Festival 2014. For more information and live daily streams, search for BBC Arts Online. Thank you very much indeed. So this morning we're talking about uh, evacuation situations. Have you ever had to evacuate? We had a fella who had to evacuate from the apartment he was staying in when the tsunami hit. Wow! How terrifying would that be? And a woman who very calmly evacuated from uh, the Ideal Home exhibition. I went to the Ideal Home exhibition once, and all I remember being there was soda streams. There must have been more. There must have been more there than just soda streams. And I remember we we had a soda stream already, but we still went and got some free soda stream drinks. And my dad pretended that he was going to buy a soda stream. I went, but Dad, we've already got one. Hey, here's something I can't do, and my wife can do this freely, and it, it, it makes me so guilty. You know when you go to airports and uh, they have the duty-free and they have all the perfumes? You can do it in shops as well. They have all the perfumes. She'll just go and have a little spritz, get some perfume on, and then just walk off. And I cannot do it. The few times I've done it, okay, I've then got into a really detailed conversation with the shop the shop assistant about what scents they've got and why I think I should buy this one. And but let me just... I can't just go and have a spritz and then walk out, which everyone does. I have to do the... Mm, yeah, I like I like this. I think let me just walk around a bit and see what it's like when it settles down after ten minutes, and uh, I might pop back and uh, which one is it? It's that oh, it's, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I may come back. You just got to do it like you mean it. You've got a guilty conscience. Yep. That's why you yep. feel you feel that's theft. Yeah, well, no, it's I, actually just a taster. You're allowed to to test. I don't think you are. Taste. If you're you're not allowed to test it, if you've got no intention of buying it in my head. If you. You spray it on your wrist or yep. your neck or wherever you want, and um, you might walk. Well, not wherever you want. Well, in, within reason, you might walk away and think you might not have any intention of buying it. But later, but like, oh, but smell, I smell. No, delicious. people people wear it because they're going to get on an aeroplane and they want to smell nice on air. Everyone wants to smell nice on aeroplanes, and they're bored. No one smells nice on an aeroplane. No. Well, they sh- more people should be stealing uh, from duty free. They open I that door at the end and have a spritz. That's how I know what to buy next. But you don't buy it though. What? Yeah, I do. The worst thing is when you go to have a spritz and then they just put it on a little stick. I don't buy it from that place. I buy it from a cheaper shop. So I'm testing. I might treat myself to uh, a little bit of... Uh, I think you should, because let's be honest. Go on, yeah. be You're honest. not too fragrant. Huh? Hmm? What did you say? You smell like a teacher. Geography. Teacher. Alan's on the A1. He's heading northbound. You smell like a teacher. Alan! <laughs> Good morning, Dalek Alan. What would you like to say? Yeah, I've had to evacuate uh, somewhere. I was on an oil rig yeah. back in the 80s, and there was an explosion and a fire. Oh. And by sheer coincidence, they had what they called an accommodation rig joined up to us. So we were able to evacuate onto that while the fire fire How did you evacuate onto it? Did you, did you, it was just right next to it, was it? Or did you have to use a, a rope? Oh, no, there's a, a walkway. Oh, OK. I had some workers on the rig doing different jobs, and the accommodation was for them, but we managed to get across onto it. Wow. W- w- was it scary at all, Alan, or were you kind of all big, burly oil men going, yeah, whatever? 
no, first of all, when I was actually in bed asleep. It was in the afternoon. I was on the midnight to midday shift. Yeah. And Sunday was normally the day for the fire drill. And I heard this noise, and I thought it was one of the crane operators uh, a bit heavy-handed dropping something. Yeah. And then the alarm went, and we got up and casually strolled down to the lifeboat station. <clears throat> and that's when we realised that it was for real. Wow. And that's when we sat up and thought... But um, Flipping yeah, it. It, was, it was really, really hot time in July '81, and uh, we think uh, oxygen cylinder. Was it, how did they put it out? Because I remember there was a, a fashion, not fashion, there were quite a few kind of oil rig fires in the 80s, and they used to send out the man with the most amazing name in the world, Red O'Dare. Yes, yeah. No, no, this wasn't uh, as, as bad as that. Right. But they did have their own firefighting crew. Yeah. And again, it, by coincidence, in the area, there was a rig called the Uncle John, which was mainly uh, for divers to work off, but it also had massive firefighting cannons. And that chugged up alongside us. And of course, they had unlimited water supply. And it was like an anti-aircraft gun. And they put some of those on for a few hours, and it went out. Uh, uh, Alan, how long were, you, uh, did, was your, were your shifts on the rig? How many months were you away for? In the North Sea, you did two weeks on and two weeks off. Oh, okay. So you weren't there for like three months or something. No, no. You did 12 hours a day. Then I transferred to Abu Dhabi. And because of the airfares, etc., that the company had to pay, we did a month on and a month off. Did you not go nuts on there? No, no. In the North Sea, it was like a small village. They had cinemas, gymnasium. Uh, laundries, everything. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic in uh, that respect. Alan, thank you very much. Reminds me of my favourite song. Abu Dhabi, Abu Abu Dhabi. Do you not know that one? No, what's it called? Abu Abu Dhabi. Uh, not to be confused with Abu Hamza, Abu Abu Hamza. That's not a song that we like to sing. Judy's in Leegrave. Morning, Judy. Good morning, Judy. Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Good. Right, I've got a podcast story for you, and I've also been evacuated from my place of work about half a dozen times when I worked in, in London. Would you work in a fire or something? <laughs> no, I worked in Gravesend Road between Hoban and King's Cross Station no, when the well, yes. were around. So we used to get bomb threats quite a lot. Oh, wow. Yes, and they used to come through to my manager's extension and I used to stop at her, so I used to pick up the phone occasionally and cause the evacuation. <laughs> and, and was it, I mean, was it, was it the IRA or was it just nut jobs? No, I think, well, they, they claimed to be IRA. So do you have someone with a thick Irish accent kind of using a code word or something? Um, that's what the, the police said when well, we phoned them up, you know, the, but they say, have we got a code word? And the answer was no at the time, but in fact it was quite close, as I say, to King's Cross and, and oh Houston. How terrifying. It wasn't fun. No, I bet. Awful. Anyway, would you like a podcast? Yes, story? I would, please. Right. Um, I was responsible when I was about 12 for knocking over a car on my bicycle. Sorry, 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 hang on, whoa, 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 hang on a second, say that again, what? I was responsible for knocking a car over on my bicycle. What, what are you, an elephant? Have you got superpowers? How on earth did that no, happen? No, I, it was, I was on my bicycle on the pavement because um, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to cause an accident. No. And I was riding through Bushy Heath uh, and I happened to be taking cycling proficiency classes at the time, which is a bit unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, I knocked the bottom of a temporary bus stop. And, you know, there were big cement bases. Yes, yeah, And it rolled in an arc <gasps> into the road right oh. outside the police station. Oh, Judy, 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 Judy. <laughs> and it was a rubber and reliance, unfortunately. <sighs> so it shot down the road 25 feet past me yeah. on its side. 
Oh, with no. a family in the car. They were in it? They were in it, yes. Flipping uh, it, heck! <laughs> it was on its side, so the driver had to climb up over his wife to get out of the car. And um, I helped him stand the car upright again. Yeah. And it had rather a gash in its side, so we had to go straight into the police station. And the sergeant that was on desk duty uh, was the one that was taking me for cycling proficiency classes. Oh, so I was a little bit disgusted, but it was uh, fairly frightening. Yeah, I bet it was. I, well, hang on a bit. I bet it was more frightening for the family that were in the car, Judy. Well, yes, indeed. But the, the thing, the stupid thing was, they thought that, um, or the bystanders who'd come out of the sort of little flatlets next door to the police station thought that he had hit me because oh. I threw my bicycle on the side oh. of, on the pavement. They called an ambulance for me. Baby, you you should have milked that for all it's worth. You should have started. You should have gashed your leg with a rock. Started <laughs> crying. You could have got a fortune out of those guys. I know, I know, but I uh, didn't think of that when I was twelve. No, you wouldn't, Judy. You're a very honest young lady. Well done there. Ken's in Luton. Good morning to you, Ken. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ken. Botox to stop your sweating? Yes. Or if you sweat between your legs. It's painful, isn't it? Do you know what, and I know you're being flippant, but you shouldn't be flippant about something like that, because, yes, the sweating uh, between the legs, or when the sweat runs down the back and down the... It really is one of the most uncomfortable scenarios anyone could be involved in, isn't it? Oh, I should think so. I've never experienced that. Now, the Catherine saying talc. No, 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 no. Not down there. You need um, baby lotion. Oh, right. You need you're a bit of Johnson's. You're going to go... You, need, you, you don't want to dry up. You want to moisten up. There's a cream you can get. They demonstrate it through balloons, don't they, on the telly? Sorry? Yeah, to demonstrate the chafing of the thighs with balloons. Is that what you're talking about, Ken? Chafing of the thighs? Ian. Yes, Ken? It's Matt's birthday today. Don't forget. Whose birthday? Matt's. No, it's Dennis's birthday. No, it ain't. It's Matt's. No, it's Dennis's. Well, he can have one too. You going to give him one? Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's his... I mean, you're going to give him a happy birthday? I rang up about you keep on about people smoking. Is he... Why is he... Why are we just... It's not MTV. We could spend more than 15 seconds on a subject. Here's a poem. What? Do as a poem. No, we're not that desperate. Oh, yeah. In the road, they bravely stand. No! They're lolly popping in. No, we don't need it, Ken. Yes. No! When the drivers get irate. Oh, for goodness sakes. We're going to go to the travel early travel now. news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading clockwise, a lane closed on the entry slip road at Junction 23 for the A1M. That's because of an accident that happened a little earlier on this morning. The Barnet Bypass looking slow on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And in Bushy Heath, the traffic light's still not working. That's on the Common at Common Road. And in Watford, looking rather heavy at the moment on the Lower High Street at Eastbury Road. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there we go. Thank you very much, Nicola. Excellent stuff indeed. Well, that's it. That's your lot. Uh, if you want to uh, download the podcast, yeah. Are you doing the podcast links after the show, guys? Yeah? Going to do some podcast links? It'll be rude not to. We've got enough podcast material. I'm not saying it's up to scratch, but what the heck? We might as well uh, have a little go at recording those links. The podcast will come out uh, tomorrow, just around... When does it come out? About midday, one o'clock, something like that, I think, is, is when it tends to pop up on the Three Counties website uh, and then of course it pops up on iTunes Friday evening, Saturday morning something like that As was mentioned uh, it is someone's birthday today not only is it Dennis in Dunstable's birthday today, it's also it's also Matt's birthday So Matt Hello? We've, we've got, oh I haven't got time Sorry mate, bye bye 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, Matt, happy birthday, Matt. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, and on today's Big Phone-In, do you think the Lib Dems would be better off without Nick Clegg? Liberal Democrat.